since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Good afternoon and welcome into Sports Call on a Monday. I am Brooks Childress filling in for J.J. Jackson. He is out of office today getting ready to call Auburn men's basketball versus George Mason tonight on the SEC Network Plus. So he will not be with us today, but I am filling in for you this afternoon. I'm joined in studio by Mr. Brant Daughtry and Mr. Tom Peavy, as we always are on Mondays during Throughout, the, I was going to say throughout the school year. I don't know what the school year is, but uh, our school year runs year-round here at Sports Call. We've got shows almost every single weekday of the year, and we're having another live edition right now. We've got a great show coming up for you today. We're going to have birthdays coming up here in just a little bit. We'll get to our best and worst of the weekend later on in the show. Of course, we'll close out the show with our nightly TV guide, as always. A exciting weekend around a lot of different sports that we will talk about all of them college football on a wild weekend the game of the century of this year came and went and it really wasn't that much of a game the score the final score was closer than what the actual game was uh you had a, another earthquake game in baton rouge louisiana this weekend uh sent shockwaves throughout the college football world the auburn tigers seem to get back on their feet a little bit not resulting in a win but you had a lot of positives. A lot of people are excited about the direction the football program is going in right now. Uh, the NFL had a lot of uh, wacky stuff going on in the NFL yesterday. Carried over into today with the uh, first coach firing of the year, I believe, in the NFL. Uh, we had the World Series wrap up with, over the weekend, and we'll discuss if this was the most uh, non-talked-about uh, non World Series in a while, and especially in, in areas where college football is king. And then, of course, what is today? It is Monday, November 7th. It is opening day of college basketball. If you've been paying attention, there's already been a couple games going on throughout the day. They started about noon. We already had a ranked team play. Number five, Baylor, already tipped off their season. Everybody else gets going later on this afternoon tonight. Auburn tonight at 7 o'clock on the SEC Network Plus. They'll take on George Mason. Alabama tips off their season tonight at 7.30 I believe against Longwood. Kentucky tips off today. They're going to be shorthanded tonight. And so college basketball is here. Women's basketball gets underway tomorrow night. So a lot of stuff to talk about today on the show. But right now I want to welcome in our two other panelists today. I want to call you panelists today. <laughs> Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry. Tom, how are you doing this on this Monday? I, I'm good. Uh is today JJ's birthday? It is. Yeah. Happy birthday, JJ Jackson. Yeah. Not here on his birthday, too. Yeah. Not here on his birthday, but uh, yeah, happy birthday there, big guy. Uh, yeah, I mean, weekend, uh, a lot of stuff going on. And uh, yeah, with Auburn, a lot of positives. Uh, uh, yeah, you didn't get the win, but I mean, you just kind of felt kind of a breath of fresh air with that program. Yeah. Um, I am. I, I don't like to see that there's so many people immediately jumping on the 
take the interim off of Carnell and make him the head coach, it's like, oh, my gosh. You know, we <laughs> you, you go from shooting from the stars and we can't be, you know, just Auburn being Auburn to all of a sudden we're like, hey, you know, he, he brought a breath of excitement to the team, so let's make him the permanent head coach. I'm like, oh, my gosh, come on, guys. I mean, yeah, this is great. I want Cadillac on the staff, but – Goodness, jumping jump the gun a little bit too quick there, but some uh, some definitely some positives. We've seen this team get down before, and they keep fighting. And same thing happened in Mississippi State game. It, it looked really looked like early on Mississippi State was just going to run Auburn out of the building, and and then the defense just clamped down in the second half. Uh, uh, oh my gosh, second half adjustments. There's something we haven't talked about in a while. Um, Defense clamped down. Uh, offense was able to use short field and, and turn it into points. So, uh, yeah, good good positive vibes finally from the football team. And uh, I, they're they're talking about this game this weekend and here at home against Texas A and M about really packing the place out and, and a big full excitement. Uh, you know, it, it's two teams battling for last place in the West, but the excitement right now because it when you look at how bad Texas A&M is it's actually a, a very very winnable game and you got Carnell leading the leading the group and and just it feels like there's some positivity there so we'll see what happens with that but yeah overall uh good weekend of sports Astros wrapping up the World Series uh, I guess they finally get them one after yeah. losing several so uh NFL um uh, yeah some some pretty decent games some my my fantasy teams are struggling because some of the players that are supposed to be doing good are not like Aaron Rodgers and yeah, Kyler Murray and uh, Detroit. Yeah, I mean, I, how in the world the Packers managed to do that? I don't know, but uh, Kyler Murray was supposed to be one of the top quarterbacks. He's not doing squat for me this year. Uh, it's a topsy turvy one. The Jets beat the Bills. Yeah, I mean, how how does that? <laughs> yeah, happen? they did. As a Patriots fan, it was hilarious. I mean, the Jet, you know, goodness, the Jets beat the Bills. The Jets well, are legit this year. Well, I mean, the, I mean, the, Zach, the Zach Wilson revenge tour is going yeah. strong. I, I mean, it, the NFL is just flipped upside down right now. It's crazy. Yeah. So, but yeah, good weekend. Ready to talk about a lot of stuff. Brant, how are you today? I'm doing good. I, I agree with Tom on, on pretty much everything he said regarding Auburn football. I It was a lot of fun to watch that, uh, the, I guess, a different level of energy from uh, – a different level of engagement from the fan base and energy from the players and and look it's not like we've seen we haven't seen this ta- this team quit we we have not seen this team quit I should say uh, this so far this season but it was a different level of energy with Carnell Williams leading the team and and you know he did a great job I think on on such short notice I think uh, this upcoming week against A and M I mean A and M is on the way down it feels like a lot of their fan base is checked out. Um, I know a lot of people are unhappy with Jimbo Fisher, and you know there's a lot of excitement around a Carnell Williams-led football team. This environment is going to be absolutely insane for two teams that have to win out to be bowl eligible. So I, I don't know. It's going to be a it's going to be interesting moving forward. Um, I, I'm not ready to to crown Cadillac Williams as head coach of Auburn. But he was a lot of fun to watch, uh, sure. and he was a lot of his team was a lot of fun to watch, and I think he did a lot of good things. And whoever the next head coach is has to be able to name his own staff. But if it's not, if Carnell Williams is not a part of it, I'm going to need a, a good explanation. And again, you know, whoever that guy is has to be able to bring in his guys 100. percent But you know, 
Cadillac Williams has proven to me that he, he deserves he, a deal he, staff. He is as Auburn as it gets, I think. Uh, if you want somebody who knows Auburn, who loves Auburn, who is going to pour, pour his heart and soul into this, then Cadillac Williams is a guy that I want on the staff. And, you know, whoever it is. There, there's so much to think about in the future, and the guys coached one football game, you know, and it's going to be like this for a little while. It's going to be a roller coaster until whoever the next head coach is gets fired and brings in his or gets hired, and then brings in his staff and is hopefully not fired for a while. But we've got three hours to talk about it. Let's get into it. Uh, happy, happy Monday to everybody, and yeah, happy birthday to JJ Jackson, turning 27 today, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So uh, happy birthday. Jeez, he's JJ. getting old. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. <laughs> I'm, You're welcome. I'm I'm already 27. Oh, I've, I've I, been been there. I'm staring down the barrel of 46 here in a couple of days. Uh-oh. Well, we'll have to celebrate. 24, youngest person in the office. Wow. It must other, be nice. other than intern Drew. Must be nice, Brant. Uh, uh, I have the knees of an 80 year old, so no. Well, so does JJ. That's uh, true. We uh we talked about it one week ago today. The Auburn Tigers uh, announced that Brian Harse would no longer be the coach. Right now. Carnell Cadillac Williams is holding his first ever game week press conference. Didn't have one last week. His first media last week was the SEC coaches teleconference on Wednesday. Currently holding the, uh, the his first game week press conference. And we will uh, be checking out some of those quotes. If uh, there's any that pop up that are notable, we'll, we'll talk about those. But the Auburn Tigers went into Starkville this past weekend, Saturday night. Didn't get the win, but it made it very close, and it was an unfortunate uh, series of events that uh, the Auburn Tigers didn't win the game, including the onside kick that was not really an onside kick, but maybe it was line drived off of the <laughs> Auburn up man that yeah. Mississippi State recovered. Uh, it's so weird because he saw that ball coming at him, and he tried. Sean Jackson is the walk on running back, and he he tried to catch it, dead gummit. He he did his best, but I mean that ball's coming. You, at you, you so go, quick. you go out there and try to try to grab a scud missile like that. Well, when it's not, when you're not expecting to come to you either. Yeah. I mean, it was yeah. I mean, it's just kind of it's like standing in the way of somebody throwing a dodgeball at yeah. you from point blank range, and you're trying to catch it. Yeah. So the Auburn Tigers fall. They're now three and six on the year. Have to win out to get to a bowl game. Uh, and you know you could throw out the oh well they could finish five and seven and maybe get in to a bowl game if there's not, not enough teams. But from some of the reporting I've seen today that ESPN has announced that if there's too many teams they're not going to create a new bowl game like they did last year. And so it feels like there's going to be more teams that are, get to six wins than there are bowl games. And so Auburn could be shut out of a bowl game this year even if they. Uh, even with that five and seven kind of academic thing that uh, the NCAA has going on, but this past weekend, like I said, Auburn loses a close one to Mississippi State. What were your guys' thoughts on the performance of the team during that game? Well, I, th- I thought the I thought the defense was in the second half. The defense was incredible, except yeah. for the last drive. Um, they, and Mississippi State just dinked and dunked them right down the field. But uh, defense, man, they 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 showed out in the second half. First half was uh, uh, first half looked like a lot of the same. Uh, offense couldn't get anything going, and the defense was very porous. But they made adjustments at halftime, and that's something that Brian Harson and that staff were not doing. It didn't feel like so. You saw it felt like a different team come out, and you started forcing turnovers, and that that was just so big to to give yourself a short field. You can't expect this offense to be a long driving offense. They they're just not built for that. So you have to give them a short field. 
and the defense was able to do that. So, uh, you know, I, I was very pleased with that, very pleased with the run game. The passing game still a lot to be desired there. Uh, offensive line still a lot to be desired there. Uh, Robbie Ashford had a couple of times that he had a guy wide open that could have been a touchdown, but he never saw him because he was kind of busy running for his life. So that's got to get fixed. And then uh, also uh, you're really missing a big weapon right now with Anders Carlson. Uh, yeah. He's struggling. Yeah. He can't He can't get his kickoffs into the line. I think that's the biggest thing. Now, it, there's, the, there's the field goal thing, and obviously he missed the one in overtime. But uh, – you know, he, he struggled through the year. Obviously, he tore his ACL, so you've got to think that, that has something to do with it. Oh, but, yeah. But the, biggest, but the biggest thing is the fact that he can't get the ball through the end zone. He used to boom those things out of the back of the end zone on a, on a regular basis. He can't even get to the end zone. And then you saw Mississippi State return one for, uh, for a score. So uh, that's scary that you're that, – that's your, one of your biggest weapons, and he's not as powerful as what you need out of him. So uh, – that that's concerning going the rest of the way, but I, I'm glad. I, I was really happy the way that I saw that team fight. I, you know, you get down like that with everything that has happened during the week. You get there and you start getting your butts kicked. So many teams would have just rolled over and just been done with it, but they didn't. And they they kept fighting and fighting and fighting. The, I'll, I'll tell you this: the only play that it felt like that the team just kind of gave up was the Mississippi State score to win the game because they had just gotten the pass interference. It's like you fight, you fight, you fight your butts off, and then they call you on a ticky-tack pass interference call that puts them on the one, and it just kind of felt like at that point the players were like, you know what, whatever. And the dude just scored. It didn't like Auburn even hardly tried to stop him. He just walked on in the end zone. That's the only play that it felt like Auburn, at least in the second half, that's the only play that it felt like Auburn just kind of whatevered it, you know. But up until that, they they fought their tails off, and I think they just, yeah, I guess just finally had enough until that, for that last play. But valiant effort on those guys for not quitting. Yeah, I, I think you you brought up a really good point with the defense um, in that they they played lights out, and that's you know you talked all of the players have have been asked about this. They didn't make any scheme adjustments they went out there and played the same scheme they have been playing right they just played better yeah. you know there's i you need two things to win football games you need to play hard and auburn's been playing hard all year i think but you got to play well auburn has not played very well uh and in in this game they started to something else the defense did and this is something that i've been wondering about so far this season they rotated guys a ton on defense and that's what you want you want to be able to rotate guys a ton because the defense has to chase right the defense doesn't know where the play is going that's why you don't rotate offensive linemen that's why you don't rotate your quarterbacks but you'll rotate those skill guys but you rotate a lot less on offense than you do on defense because defense has to chase and Jeffrey Imba got the first strip sack. Yeah, a, a guy that big we time. that was such a big name at the beginning of the season and just didn't really do anything during the year, uh, and gave a textbook bull rush on the on the tackle he was facing. They lined him up at defensive end and just gave an inc- gave the best bull rush that I've seen in a very long time, uh, and got the strip sack. And that was the only play he made in the game. But man, it was a big one because that started the comeback. 
uh, Jake Levant and Will Barton got serious snaps in that game. Two guys who were walk-ons a year ago uh, and got scholarships. Uh, one at the beginning of this year, one at the beginning of last year, I believe. And and those guys got out there and got serious snaps. You rotated every at every position which was good because Donovan Coffin wasn't there. So you moved Jalen Simpson, who is a corner. You moved him back to safety. You moved guys around in the secondary, and then you started rotating those guys. J.D. Rim made a couple of really good plays. He got burned on one. One of those touchdowns, he got absolutely left behind. But he made a couple of great plays, too, and the defense looked so good. Um, the offense, Robbie Ashford can't throw. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's an incredible athlete, and he's a freaking warrior, and I want him on my football team, and I think he's going to be the starter for Auburn next year, but uh, unless someone new gets brought in. But the guy's got to get more consistent with stuff that's not a deep bomb, you know? He can throw it 40 yards as well as anybody, but I've said before on this show, there's it's really easy to say, hey, you run as fast as you can. I'm going to throw this as far as I can. Let's link up at the goal line. Yeah. It's easy to say that as a quarterback. It is a lot harder to throw those 10 to 15s or even those screens. He was having trouble with the screens, man. It, Robbie's got to get better at the touch stuff, you know, and I think he can. Well, a lot of uh, that's, he's, a lot of that's technique. Yeah, some of it is, yeah, for sure. And, and well, he's still he's just, do it, just doing it. I yeah. mean, you go back and look at his high school film when he was at Hoover, that's all he did at Hoover was just throw it 40 yards or run yeah. for his life, which he could do. Um, he's just still got a lot of that baseball mechanics in him when he's throwing. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't see that, but all right. Well, uh, I've, well, I've seen some free, like some of the freeze frames of him throwing, and I mean, it's he's dropping, you know, he drops the ball down. I mean, it, it's kind of the baseball yeah. throw, and, and the feet and the hips and things like yeah, that. Yeah, his footwork's it, not good. Right. There's, there's a lot of mechanical issues it's with a, him. It's, like I said, it's a lot of baseball, it's a lot of like infielder type things where you're kind of throwing different ways and all, and you're not necessarily getting your feet set. I, I just still see a lot of that baseball kind of technique and stuff with him and it's causing the ball not to come out of his hands as quick as it needs to and going not being accurate either way they ran him a lot in this game and i think that's something auburn's going to need to do going forward the, the running game to the inside it needs to be done just enough so that the defense knows that you will do it and then every other run needs to go to the outside because tank bigsby had a good game with it uh jarquez hunter still looks as good running inside zone as anybody I've ever seen, uh, and Robbie Ashford's a phenomenal athlete. You've got a three-headed monster in your backfield as far as running the football, um, but it, the passing game's just not going to be there. So, uh, Moving forward, I'd like to see more of that, but yeah, it, the guys fought hard, man. That, that was something that the guys never quit under Brian Harson. and Colby Wooden had a quote after. He said, man, we loved Coach Harson. Uh, uh, there was no hate under Coach Harson, but it was a different level of energy. Uh, under Cadillac Williams, and, and that shone through, and because of that, Auburn was able to force it into overtime after being down 24-3 to early in that game. Auburn football falls on the road to Mississippi State, but a lot of positives coming out of the game as we now head to our first break of the hour, 334-887-341 locally, toll-free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9. That's how you can get on the Auburn Bank phone line. We'd love to hear your thoughts questions concerns about auburn football auburn basketball tips off in a few hours at neville arena we'll talk more about that coming up during this break we'll get a check of the weather with our good man ryan lavoy and afterward we'll get to our birthdays in sports you're listening to sports call
we need a timeout. Sports Call will be back after this quick break. Now back to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Auburn football preparing to take on Texas A&M this weekend. Carnell Cadillac Williams having his first ever midweek, I guess not midweek, but game week press conference right now in the Auburn media there. A lot of quotes coming out. Nothing too substantial. A lot of just how's it been for your first week? What's it going to be like running out of the tunnel? He got a whole five hours of sleep last night, which is a new record for him since becoming Auburn's head coach. So, glad he's getting his sleep back under uh, under control. Auburn is preparing to take on Texas A&M, as I said. Sports Call is preparing to take the show on the road this Friday. I was wondering where you're going with that. Auburn Alumni Center is where we will be. Come by and check us out. We'll be there promoting their huddle tailgate. We'll be there from 3 to 6 p.m. broadcasting live right out in front of the Auburn Alumni Center. There's a giant inflatable tiger head at the main door. You can't miss it if you're driving up South College Street or down South College Street, whichever way you're coming from. So if you're in the Auburn Opelika area listening to us live on the radio, come by, see us on Friday, 3 to 6 p.m. at the Auburn Alumni Center. If you are listening on the podcast or you're listening on our stream outside of the Auburn Opelika area and you are coming into town on Friday for the Auburn football game on Saturday, and you may also be coming in for the Auburn basketball game on Friday night. Auburn plays South Florida Friday night at Neville Arena. Either way, we're a good pregame stop, either before the the day before or before the basketball game. So stop by 3 to 6 p.m. Friday, the Auburn Alumni Center with the Huddle Tailgate and the Auburn Alumni Association. As we move along here on this Monday edition of Sports Call, let's go to one of our favorite segments. It's our Birthdays in Sports. <laughs> It's time for today's Birthdays in Sports. Birthdays in Sports brought to you by our friends over at Max Credit Union. A lot of convenient locations in the East Central Alabama area. A lot of locations, too, specifically right here in the Auburn Opelika area on Gay Street here in Auburn and on Frederick Road over in Opelika. We also have a lot of uh, affiliate ATMs around the area, so go on to their website check them out today and they can help you with all your financial needs birthdays in sports for november 7th it's a light day not a lot of november 7th birthdays in the sports world but turning 23 today is danilo danio dalano d-a-l-a-n-o dalano banton sure yeah uh, NBA point guard for the Toronto Raptors. Played one year of college basketball at Western Kentucky and two years at Nebraska. Go Huskers. Drafted by the Raptors in the second round of the 2021 NBA draft with the 46th overall pick. The first Canadian ever drafted by the Raptors. How about that? He was the first Canadian player picked by the Canadian team. And it happened Good last him. year. Huh? That's interesting. Huh. That's a fun fact. Also, just for clarity's sake, I do know the Western Kentucky is the Hilltoppers, but seeing as he was drafted out of Nebraska, what with the Cornhuskers, but nevertheless, Danilo, Delano, Delano, something Banton. I'm sorry if you're listening It's to great this. when we're like, happy birthday, and we don't even know the dude's name. <laughs> First Canadian player to be drafted by the Raptors. Turning 32 today is an MLB free agent utility player, Danny Santana. I knew that name. 
Signed with the Twins in 2007 as an undrafted free agent, made his MLB debut with the Twins in 2014, and had an impressive rookie season hitting 319. He's also played with the Braves, the Rangers, and the Red Sox. Danny Santana, turning 32 years old today. Does anybody remember Danny Santana's time with the Braves? No. Sure don't? No. Can't say I do. Uh, Another MLB player has not played for the Braves, but he's turning 33 today as a starting pitcher for the Minnesota Twins. Sonny Gray, I remember him, played three years of college baseball at Vanderbilt, go Commodores, anchored down, led his team to College World Series semifinals in his last year, was drafted 18th overall by the Oakland A's in the 2011 MLB draft, made his MLB debut in 2013 with Oakland, has also played with the Yankees, the Reds, and now the Twins. He's a two-time MLB All-Star. I remember watching him vividly. At I, I vividly can see him in an A's uniform and a Reds uniform. Didn't really want. I haven't really, you know, ne- not memorable with the Yankees for me at least. No. He's kind of a. He's uh, a mid-level starter. Yeah, he's like a, a, an obscure player, I guess. He's a guy that. He's gotten, a, he's gotten a sniff at you know being in considered for one of the better pitchers, and then it's right. just kind of like. That's where he's plateaued. It's like sniffing. He's one of the better pitchers. And then finally, the final birthday on our list, turning 44 today, is a former Premier League center back and current soccer commentator, Rio Ferdinand. He's turning 44 today. Played with West Ham, Bournemouth, Leeds, Manchester United, and Queen's Park Rangers. Also played for the English national team. A six-time Premier League winner. Champions League winner in 2007-2008. And a six-time Premier League Team of the Year member. So Rio Ferdinand, happy 44th birthday. Also, shout out, I saw this on, uh, this is not a sports birthday, but I saw it on, the, the internet was making a big deal of it today. Marie Curie, she's like chemistry, isn't she? No, I, I've never I heard that she's name. Like, she's, she's big in chemistry. Happy birthday, Google Marie it. Curie. She, she would have been her birthday from like the 17 or 1800s. And of course, as we mentioned earlier, our esteemed host of the show, who decided he didn't want to be with us on his birthday. She's a physicist. Ah, close. Polish-French. So happy birthday, Marie Curie. Of course, as I was saying, didn't want to be with us on his birthday. Decided he wanted to hang out with, you know, cooler people than us. (laughs) JJ Jackson, happy birthday to you. We miss you. Can't wait to have you back on the show tomorrow. The birthdays in sports brought to you by friends of our Max Credit Union. Happy birthday to... D. Banton, that's, I'm just going to go with that. Danny Santana, Sonny Gray, Andrea Ferdinand. And if it's, of course, your birthday out there in the sports call world, happy birthday to you. 334-887-341 locally, toll free, one 9 tiger 9 So you get on the Auburn Bank phone line, we'll go to the Auburn Bank phone line after this next break. You're listening to Sports Call on a Monday. We'll be back right after this. J.J. Jackson and the guys want to hear from you. Give them a call to join Sports Call at 334-887-3401. This is Andy Burcham, voice of the Auburn Tigers, and you're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 
our Sports Call cars and guests join us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Auburn Bank has been your hometown bank for over 110 years. Visit them online at auburnbank.com for more information. Your partner, your neighbor, your friend, member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Give us a call to join Sports Call today at 334-887-341 locally or toll free at one 9 tiger 9 Auburn Bank is the proud sponsor of the Sports Call phone line. We've had a lot of great conversations so far, so let's take the conversation now as we continue on on this Monday edition of Sports Call to that Auburn Bank phone line. As I gave out the number, 334-887-341 locally, toll-free, 9 tiger 9 That's how you get on that Auburn Bank phone line. We'll start out by heading down to South Alabama to Fairhope, and it is... Steve. Let's try that again. It is. Ward Damn Steve. Retired Ward Damn Steve joins us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Steve, how are you doing this afternoon? Good afternoon, guys. Thanks for asking, taking my phone call. And uh, even though Mr. J.J. Jackson is not here, I say a Ward Damn big happy birthday to him. Yeah, happy birthday to J.J. I'm sure he is, uh, if he's able to, he's listening to us. Well, I'm saying he's a grand old 26 years, is that right? 27 today. 27, okay, wow. He's getting much older then. Yeah. All right, hang in there, J.J. (laughs) (laughs) You'll you'll make it to, uh, I'm 71, so I'm sure you'll make it there. Absolutely. All right. I understand he's going to be doing the uh, live announcement on the TV broadcast. He will be. If you're tuned into the SEC Network Plus tonight for Auburn basketball versus George Mason, you're going to hear Mr. J.J. Jackson calling the action tonight. All right, so do us proud, J.J., and you never know, ESPN may be calling. I know. He, he may not come back. <laughs> Uh-oh. oh What are we going to do? Well, Brooks, I'm sure you and Brian and Brent and uh, the rest of the group can take care of it. We'll do our best. All right, let's talk about the, the, the game that guys made me care again about Auburn football. Uh, and I actually, you know, uh, am looking forward to watching – the remaining football games. I had not had that feeling or that uh, passion uh, for quite some time, to say the least, but you guys uh, know that's so another state of my part. But yeah, I actually do now care about watching the remaining football games. Why? Because I saw players on that field Saturday that showed me they cared uh, enough about uh, the jersey that they wore on their bodies and about Auburn football. But most importantly, I cared about the leadership. I don't know if you guys saw it. I sure did, though. I saw uh, Mr. Uh, Cadillac go up and down the sidelines to the players, uh, say all kind of positive things, slapping them on the back, uh, hugging them. Uh, it almost brought uh, tears to my eyes. I just, you know, just seen it. Uh, and then after the the, uh, the game was over, the post uh, game, uh, uh, you know, press conference, and some of the video clips from some of the players. Uh, yeah, they were down. But at the same time, they said uh, that there was no quit in them. And uh, during the halftime, uh, I also listened to the radio show. um, And uh, when he came back out to be interviewed by Ronnie Brown, um, all I heard, uh, Ronnie asked uh, Cadillac, you know, what did he tell him at halftime? He says, just keep fighting, keep fighting. He said he loved them all. And that was it. So, guys, you know, I, I hope that whoever that new coach is, will strongly, strongly consider uh, keeping Cadillac, if no one else, on that program. Now, um, I guess, you know, there's no way that uh, the new hire will be required uh, to keep him on there. But I wish, you know, he, he was tenured like a professor and they, they couldn't let him go. Uh, and I think someday, you know, soon, uh, he'll be a great coach, uh, if not here, somewhere else. 
and maybe eventually, who knows, he might become a head coach at Auburn again. But this guy deserves a lot to what he did and, and to put together a, a, a playbook plan uh, for, for, for Saturday night uh, was, to me, just uh, it, it was incredulous uh, to see uh, what they did. At first, yeah, I had misgivings. I thought, oh, my gosh, this is going to be another one of those blowouts. And then the bleeding stopped. And then we actually saw some halftime adjustments, and we saw a defense that decided they were going to put a stop to what had been going on. So I want to hear your comments, guys, uh, your thoughts. Uh, what did you think was the, I guess, uh, offensive player of the game, the defensive player of the game, and the play of the game? Oh, goodness. Uh, defensive player of the game, i got to go with Derek Hall. Uh, Good. Yeah. I agree with you. Dude, he, 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 he had one all, of his he, best games in an Auburn uniform for yeah, sure. He, Derek Hall was just all over the field. I, I mean, it was, he was a – his motor never stopped. Uh, offensive, I mean, I got to go with Robbie Ashford. Um, I mean, he his throw his his throwing is not there. Uh, but I mean, he was seven twenty two. That was horrific. Yeah, he, but his running ability just it, it's it's a game changer when you have a quarterback that can run like that. So, uh, yeah, I got to go with Robbie. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's just. Uh, you know, the second half, you get some things going and some momentum builds, and you start getting that confidence, and the excitement level gets going, and, and you just kind of keep feeding off of it. And that's kind of what it felt like this team did. They, they needed something good to happen for them, and you get a turnover, and there you go. And then all of a sudden, momentum is going your way because, I mean, in that first half, nothing was going right for Auburn. I mean, it was all Mississippi State. But you get a turnover, you get a short field, and all of a sudden, you get that little boost of confidence and, and kind of take off running with it. Any other comments, thoughts, observations, guys? Uh, play of the game, play, uh, player on offense, uh, play on defense. I mean, if you're looking for the play that that was most important for Auburn, I'd have to say it was Emba's strip sack. That yeah. guy kind of put an end to the run that Mississippi State was on. And while Auburn, I think, only got three points out of that that particular turnover, that kind of started uh, what Auburn was uh, planning on doing. I think Jeffrey Emba is going to be a part of the, uh, Auburn football for a couple more years. I think uh, he's got a chance to develop into a really good player, and I think he, he showed off a little bit uh, on Saturday. Didn't make a ton of plays, but that one was super important. Okay. Uh, helmet stickers. Uh, I mean, Derek Hall, Derek Hall definitely gets a helmet sticker. Jalen Simpson got a Colby? pick. Jalen Simpson with a pick, yeah. Colby Wooden looked really good. Yeah. Um, he's He had a great game as well. I think he forced one of those fumbles as well. All right. Now, play the game for me, guys. Uh, you're welcome to – I mean, it's so many good – to me, though, the spark of the comeback uh, was the, the first running touchdown. Uh, I think it was, what, 20 yards uh, made by Ashford? Because that, to me, was a spark. Because even though we had those turns earlier, the only you know amounted to a three uh, three points, you know, a field goal, which really hurt us in the long run. But I thought the Ashford, uh, you know, first touchdown uh, was a little spark into the offense. Sure. Uh, and then that, uh, that's me. Now, anytime uh, you can score risk, a touchdown, it's a good thing. Yeah, at the risk, guys, of sounding like an Alabama fan, and I don't want to do that. I thought there were some, to me, questionable. If not just me, out outrageously uh, referee calls that had uh, to some degree maybe a bearing on the uh, the game going in overtime. Uh, one of them being when we kicked off after we were in the lead, and uh, that run back 
that they, I think, got to the 40-yard line. And then they called a penalty on us, a face mask, I think, that went uh, and made it uh, you know closer than to get the field goal. And then what about in overtime, to me, uh, where did that pass interference flag come from? Well, I mean, our guy know, didn't even touch anybody. You know, here's the thing. Yes, the SEC officiating is terrible. It's been bad and it's getting worse. But the thing is, none of the players are going to blame the officiating. None of none of the coaches are going to blame the officiating. I mean, I <laughs> I tweeted out some very unprofessional things about those referees during the game um, that I'm not going to quote on this show. <laughs> but <laughs> it's look, I you got down 24 to three. That's the reason you lost the game. Uh, is that you started slow and you you couldn't stop them at the end. The, the beginning, the very beginning, and the very end of the games are why you lost that game, not because of uh, just terrible calls. Now the calls were bad, and a lot of them did go against Auburn. Uh, but you know, sometimes, sometimes things like that just happen, and you have to deal with it. Hu- uh, officials are human, and unfortunately, that's just where Auburn, where the SEC is right now. Well, with all due respect, God, respect your, your viewpoint. That was a critical call because sometimes, absolutely, it was. You know, not all penalties are equal. It's when they're timed, when they occur. There was a fourth down play, guys. Had had it gone the way it should have gone we probably would have won the game in regulation. And I'm talking about a fourth down pass that hit the ground on review, review after review. Even Stan White was in and said, oh, that, that, that hit the ground. And they called it a reception, which allowed them to continue to have possession of the ball. I was a fourth down play in the fourth quarter. You remember that one? Absolutely, yeah. I do. And I, I'm with you. I thought that the pass was incomplete. But yeah. again, I mean, it's... You can go back and pick out a penalty that was or was not called that was wrong on probably every... I said, are you kidding me? A blindside block? Because uh, first, they called a targeting. They took away the targeting, remember? Officials are bad, Steve. Like, mm-hmm. you, you don't, you're not going to get anybody feeling sorry for you. Everybody gets screwed over by officials I'm at some point. Saying, that had a critical determination at that time of the game uh, that, hey, if, if it's a fourth down and it's an incomplete pass, we probably win the game. You do win the game. If that if that is ruled incomplete, Auburn wins that game. I feel pretty confident. Yeah, but I'm so damn proud again. Uh, and I don't believe in moral victories, but I'm just saying, you know, the way they they made that comeback to take it overtime, I mean, when you're down 24-3, to three, uh, I think a Harson-led uh, coached uh, football team would have never come back. You guys disagree, though? Yes, I do, because you got down 21 to nothing against Ole Miss and you were able to come back. Now, I... It was different. Yeah, we didn't go to I, overtime. Yeah, but I mean, they, <laughs> they Steve. Even under even under, Har- under Harson, that team was showing that they were not going to give up. They yeah. they never gave up under Harson. They just never could get it to the finish line. Right. But I mean, yeah, they they never gave up on under, under Harson. This team so, showed the same thing. Just they they've got a lot of heart and a lot of fight to them. Just they're unfortunately just under talented compared to everybody they go up against. Well, again, guys, um, different viewpoint. I just saw a lot more passion on the sideline. Certainly from you know, the I head coach think, position, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Well, Cadillac, well, yeah, Cadillac Williams wears his emotion on his sleeve. Brian Harson does not. I didn't see players, you know, heads down as I did in previous games. Uh, and, again, I, you know, all I saw was, you know, uh, Cadillac going up and down the sidelines, you know, um, talking to people, patting them on the, on the back. And then at the press conference in the locker room, because I saw all the football review, he said to him. It's on me. I, I should have done better. I could have done better. He said, it's all on me. I don't ever recall hearing Harson say that kind of stuff. Brian Harson, Brian Harson said that, yes. He said it in, in 
I think most of his post-game pressers, he would take credit for a loss. I've never heard him say it's all on me. Well, you also weren't looking for it, I would bet. Well, no, I watch every Auburn football review. Um, I torture myself, and I don't recall it. But, okay. All right. So, uh, with that said, guys, um, the, the cheaters, uh, I guess, won it legitimately this time? Uh, yeah, apparently. I didn't watch seemed, after the Braves got bounced. Seems like it, I didn't it? watch it either. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, moving on with that, uh, then um, there, there is a basketball game tonight, right? Correct. I uh, saw the line. We were favored by anywhere between nine and a half to ten points. Yeah, it's uh, George Mason is not a team that uh, well, so it's, Bruce Pearl said it. They're they're a team that's got some talent on. Yeah, them. it's not a pushover. So, this is not a pushover uh, game. You think this game now? I are any of our players not going to be playing? I started because I saw some about those people got the bug. Other people have a swollen uh, ankle. Yeah, Janai Broom is uh, he had a hurt ankle, and then in the exhibition game against um, who do they play? And the the, the uh, exhibition UAH UAH yeah he he heard a little bit more in that UAH game and was walking around in a boot no idea if he'll be available I think Alan Flanagan caught a stomach bug um, Chance Westry still out with a knee issue uh, so you, you might not see those guys if you do see those guys probably not going to see them uh, in in roles as big as they had or, or as they would usually have so uh, we'll see we'll see uh, tonight okay uh, hey guys. Uh, let me uh, run this by you. Uh, I know JJ is not available, but you know JJ is remarkable in getting you know really outstanding guests uh, to be um, you know on the show to be interviewed. And I'll ask again if there's any possible, any realistic possible way only JJ could do it if he could get you know Cadillac on the show sometime uh, between now and the last game. That would really, I mean, that'd be appreciated. And let some of the callers, you know, to come in, you know, to the show and talk with real briefly. Because I'll say it right now. I'll say it again. Cadillac, to me, is the kind of Auburn man I wish that I was. And I'll leave it with that. Because that man loves and believes Auburn more probably uh, than I thought I I did. Um, And I remember, uh, you heard me guys tell me, I chased him down uh, (laughs) as the, uh, uh, the freshman were leading on on fan day to get him to sign my son's at that time who was seven years old uh, an Auburn uh, uh, helmet and he stopped he didn't say I haven't got time and he took out a pen and signed it and from that time I said wow uh, this guy could have just blown me away and he didn't do it so uh, for me again I'll say you know he's the kind of Auburn man that I wish I was with that guys I thank you for again letting me ramble and uh, maybe make some sense and I'm so glad to see Auburn football being played the way uh, I uh, hope that Auburn football would uh, come back again. So, y'all have a safe afternoon and relaxing evening. Look forward to watching the baseball, uh, basketball game, and I look forward to hearing uh, Mr. J.A. Jackson make uh, his calls. Yeah. And we'll talk to you tomorrow, guys. Thank you again, and uh, until next time, War Damn Eagle, no matter what. War Eagle Steve, that was retired War Damn Steve, joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line, 334-887-341 locally, toll free, one 888 Nine Tiger Nine is how you get on the Auburn Bank phone line. Terry from Talladega is hanging on. We'll get to you. Well, Terry from Auburn, he was from Talladega. Now he's from Auburn, is hanging on. We will get to you in just a moment. We're about to hit our top of the hour breaks. We want to get you as much time as you need, Terry. And so about, you know, a minute, minute and a half left here. Uh, Auburn football, 
Mississippi State now behind. Auburn's got to win out their next three to get bowl eligible. But most importantly, you've got Texas A&M coming in this right. week. Uh, we saw that uh, Jimbo Fisher said that uh, Wegman, uh, Connor Wegman, the, the quarterback, the freshman quarterback down there, should be able to start this week. A lot of their team was hit by a uh, flu bug last week before that Florida game. And so he went to Haynes King, but should have Connor Wegman coming in, uh, you know, just – Minute and a half, Tom. What is uh? What are your thoughts on the Texas A&M Aggies? I, I mean, they're they're a team that has talent that is just not. It, they have a lot of young talent. Uh, they've got to get some time to get them built up. Um, a lot of their fans have already checked out on Jimbo Fisher, and you know, it's just like, hey, let that talent kind of get some experience because I mean, they just had the number one recruiting class ever. I mean, the highest ranked ever. Give them some time. I know they six of them got kicked off for uh, being idiots, but. Uh, you know, they've got the talent there. Uh, however, I think they are coming into uh, a Jordan-Hare Stadium that I think is going to be unreal. Just, It's crazy to think of just how bad these two teams have played this year. They're battling for last place, but yet we're still talking about them coming to an environment that is going to feel like a championship environment because Cadillac has breathed some new life into the program after that Mississippi State game. And so there is a a budding excitement around this weekend. So uh, I, I think the I think the environment is going to be incredible. Auburn has a good, good chance of winning that game just uh, off of the environment they're having and, and just the positivity. I mean, it, that just it, it does so much for you when there's just some positivity there when you're when you've been swimming in a pool of negativity and now you feel like you're out of it. You know, things can go good for you really quickly. And that's what we're hoping for this weekend. Auburn football getting set to host Texas A&M on Saturday. The military appreciation game in that Auburn or in Jordan Hare Stadium. 6:30 kickoff for the Tigers and the Aggies. We'll break it down all week long. We'll continue to break down Auburn and Mississippi State. We'll t- look ahead to Auburn and George Mason basketball tonight. Coming up after this, of course, we'll continue to take your phone calls on the Auburn Bank phone line. Terry from Auburn, you are up right after this break. You're listening to Sports Call. One hour is done. More to come. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Hour number two of Sports Call is underway on Tiger 95.9 on the website, thetiger.fm, sportscallauburn.com, of course, on our podcast that you can listen to after the show is over. It'll be up 
on all of our platforms, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you check that out. I'm Brooks Childress in the studio with Brant Daughtry and Tom Peavy, sitting in for J.J. Jackson today. It's his birthday, and he chose not to spend it with us. He chose to spend it with Auburn basketball. As he is getting set to call Auburn basketball tonight on the SEC Network Plus as Auburn takes on George Mason to tip off the regular season. Tigers got a win last week in their lone exhibition game of the year against UAH. There was times where it they looked like they struggled a little bit, and then times they looked like a really good basketball team. George Mason coming in tonight, as we said, earlier not a pushover team bruce pearl's made that very clear in his uh his leading up to it press uh appearances that this is a team that's got some talent on it and they are going to come in and have a good basketball game tonight and of course this is going to be one of the first real live game actions the live you know excited pumped up crowd that the a lot of these auburn players are going to be playing in front of as there was a lot of turnover from last year uh, to this team, a lot of big name turnover last year, I should say, from last year's team to this year's team. But we'll see what happens in a, just a few hours. I think it's what three hours from right now oh. at Neville Arena as Auburn takes on George Mason. Three three four eight eight seven thirty four one locally toll free one triple eight nine Tiger Nine is how you get on the Auburn Bank phone line to start off hour number two. We'll go back to the Auburn Bank phone line. We'll bring it back to the city of Auburn, and it is Terry from Auburn. Terry joins us on Sports Call today. Terry, how are you doing this afternoon? I'm fantastic. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Right. Uh, where do you guys stand on the coaching carousel? Now, you hear a lot of names out there, but it seems to have come down to Lane Kiffin and Hugh Freeze. That's the two names that are hanging in there the best or the most. I think Hugh Freeze, when, a lot of people said last week, if he could beat Arkansas, will he beat Arkansas? And I, I think he's a real candidate. And let me say this, guys. I don't think anybody would appreciate the job he would do. He would be so dedicated and committed to that university. I, I, I know, I know, Tom. You've been a Deion Sanders guy. And I don't fault you for that. That's 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 that would be great. But at the same time, Hugh Freeze's loyalty to that to the university would be unbelievable. You know, I even though even though Liberty beat Arkansas, I, I'm still not in on Hugh Freeze. The the, the red flags are still red for me. Uh, even. Even in that game, yeah, he looked great at halftime. Twenty-one to three at halftime is what he led. His offense couldn't do anything in the second half, you know. And for an offensive guy, we just fired a guy for not being able to make halftime adjustments, you know. And that's not—I'm not saying Hugh Freeze can't do it, or if he's as bad as Brian Harson was at it. But I am saying that I just—I don't know. The, the red flags are still there. Uh, it's, I'm, I'm, I don't want Hugh Freeze at Auburn. I, I just I don't. More, and there, I think there's more of an issue with the athletic director and the president. So that with their, and I know the athletic director is a Mississippi State guy. I don't know about the president, but if they're Mississippi State guys and they let that get in the way, then we don't need that. You can't, you can't let that cloud your judgment. Because who was the linebacker coach at Auburn left to go to Alabama early in the, early in the Saban era? Was it, was it Willis? Um, uh, I, I, mean, I I know you're talking about, but I can't remember exactly yeah. who that was. And Reuben Foster and Rashad Evans, and Evans grew up in Auburn, right? They did, yeah, close by. Yeah. They both went to Alabama. Yeah. So let's let's. I mean, there's all kind of examples we could we could show you. So, but you know, like I said, I just I just think his loyalty would be amazing. Um, you know, I agree with what you said there. I I, I see what you're saying. I don't obviously I agree with that wrong wrong statement by me. I just think. He guys, he he's 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 his dedication to the job. He's already proven in the SEC. Do I think Lane Kiffin's a better he, coach? Here's yes. here's my question to you, Terry. Is okay. he proven in the SEC? He's proven uh, that he he's proven that he won a couple of seasons at Ole Miss. But again, what he was doing, those wins are vacated. 
Yeah, what are you, you know, and can legal? can he can he do it? No, still not. Okay. What what he was doing at Ole Miss, can he recruit without doing that? You know, and if he can, then you know, so be it. But he has never been successful against Nick Saban and Kirby Smart and everybody else in the SEC without that level of cheating, without what was illegal. And now, like you said, everybody can do it now. So does he have that inherent advantage? Uh, and even then, like there's still stuff that he did that definitely is still illegal. Yeah, we can't discount the fit, and I think he might be the best fit. Lane Kiffin, I think, is a better coach. I just don't think he's a better fit. Because I think Lane Kiffin will eventually go to the NFL. I really believe that. He'll be a coach in San Francisco or San Diego or, goodness knows, Jerry Jones may come calling for him. Well, I mean, he's already dipped his his feet in the NFL waters before, and it didn't work out so well for him. Uh, I, and I feel like I, – I feel different about – Lane, I, I feel like Lane Kiffin is trying to anchor himself down. Uh, I think that he felt like he could anchor himself down at Ole Miss, but then once he's realizing that the NIL there's a there's that, a ceiling at Ole Miss. Yeah, the, there's a ceiling, and you know, from all from everything that I've heard is that Lane Kiffin has really grown up and matured from the Joey Freshwater type stuff. Yeah. That, that he used to be and I feel like he may be trying to settle down somewhere but here's my other thing with that pretty much anytime a coach comes to to Auburn and really a lot of places that there's always the concern that they're going to go somewhere else but that has never happened Auburn has never had a coach bail on Auburn for another job they've always fired the coach or they've retired so you've never had a coach bail for a different job right. and the concern is always there when when you uh, when you hired Gus Malzahn. The the biggest thing that everybody was talking about when you hired Gus Malzahn was well, how how long before Arkansas comes calling and he's going to leave us to go to Arkansas. You're talking about Deion Sanders. Well, how long before FSU calls and he leaves us to go to FSU? When you hired Bruce Pearl, he's going to be successful. But how long before Kentucky or Kansas or some of them come calling and he's going to bail on Auburn to go there? They don't do that. So is it a risk? Sure. Is it a possibility? Sure. But you you just you have to get the guy here and let him do his thing and, and then kind of deal with that afterwards. That's, that's also what those buyouts are for. Well, Tom, I've always thought that Lane Kiffin would give the NFL a try just because he's tasted it once at, what, 35 years old? And his dad made a living there, right? Sure. That's why I felt like he was going to give it another try at some point. But, but he, may, he may he may realize much. that that's not for him. I mean, Nick Saban, Nick Saban stuck his toes in the NFL waters, and it was a disaster. And I don't think he'd ever want to try to do that again either. Yeah, but if the Miami Dolphins had signed Drew Brees instead of Dante Culpepper, Nick Saban not ever been in Alabama. Well, true, but oh. he 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 dipped his toes in, and he didn't like the the prima donna. Right. Uh, stuff that was going on there. Uh, I just I think Lane Kiffin is a college coach, and I think he realizes order. he's a college coach. It's hard to order around guys making two and three times what you're making. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't know, guys. I, the two names I don't understand at all is Dan Lanning and Jeff Grimes. Grimes has never been a head coach, and Dan Lanning is this year's Mel Tucker. Uh, one year wonder. Okay. And what is it? By the way, guys, what does it say about the the pack? Whatever they are, the the pack eighteen or twenty five or fifty or whatever they are. What does it say that the first-year coach and a quarterback who was pretty much 8-4 and four quarterback, 9-3, and 8-4, 9-3, can go out there and win that league? What does that say about that league? To me, it says they're not very good. Yeah, the, back, the Pac-12 is the weakest Power 5 conference. That's not disputable. Right. I mean, I know they have the guy from Nike there, and he can write big checks. But a first-year coach and a, and a quarterback who's an 8-9 eight, eight win guy can go out there and win it? 
Yeah, Bo, Bo Nix is pretty freaking good, but I agree. I agree with that. I was going to say I, I, I would, you know, the the Pac-12 is definitely not the level the SEC is. Uh, you know, and I would I would go back to the comparison we made a few weeks ago that you had two SEC quarterbacks go out to that to the West Coast this year. You had Anthony Richardson, no, not Anthony Richardson. You had Emory Jones, Emory go from Jones, Florida yep. to Arizona State. You had Bo Nix go from Auburn to Oregon. Emory Jones, you you know, he's having very very little success out there at Arizona State. Bo Nix goes up to Oregon. He's having a lot of success, and so I—it's I, the same competition. Bo Nix, I think the talent was always there. There was—he was a five-star for a reason. The talent was always there. He just—he's now gotten into a, a system that they've adapted to him a lot more. That Kenny Dillingham has done, done a phenomenal job at that offense, and I, I agree with you, Terry, on the point with Dan Lanning, where I want to see more because, yes, he did was at Georgia. Their defense has been really good when he was there, but how much of that is uh, is uh, Kirby Smart? How much of that was Dan Lanning? And then he also walked into a pretty good gift basket up there in Oregon where Mario Cristobal, he's a darn good recruiter, not doing so hot at Miami right now, but he was a darn good recruiter at Oregon, and he had that he's had a lot of talent on that team up there in Oregon. And so if you're, if you're looking if any team is looking at Dan Lanning, you've got to, you know, it, it. I wouldn't say he's this year's Mel Tucker, but I would say you need to take a step back and see what he can do going forward before you make any more sort of moves for him to get to another program. Yeah, that, that's kind of like the, the, the arguments with uh, Chad Morris, that he was going to be a great coach no. because he was a great quarterback. Not true. That doesn't work out at all. It, it, I mean, it doesn't uh, necessarily work out, but, I mean, here's the thing, and, that, and that's the thing you, you – no, none of us can see into the future and know exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. Now, a guy like Dan Lanning could be the next Mel Tucker. He could be the next Kirby Smart. Yeah. You just don't know because yep. we just can't every, look into the future. Every head coaching hire is a gamble, and every head coach was a first-time head coach at some point. Yeah. But, Tom, what is, what is, what is, what is Mel Tucker? He's a second-year coach that is struggling. I don't, I know, but we, as you said, sure. uh, I don't when you guys said it, but you got to give you got to give them more than one year. You got to you got to give more of a window, more of a more of a building type thing. Yeah, SEC's not an on-the-job training place. No, oh, no. It, as, far it, as, it, as far as the the difference in talent, um, Brooks, the difference in talent is alignment. I've seen that every year. Uh, guys talking about that the difference is alignment. Bo Nix is dominating out there because the linemen aren't that good. Yeah, I mean they're okay, but don't get me wrong; they're not as good as the SEC. They, I don't think anyone would confuse he's, that. He's yeah. certainly got an easier time than he did in the yeah, SEC. Sure he does. Yeah, sure he does. I mean, I'm not nothing. Look, he went to my old alma mater. I'm pulling for him, but at the same time, it is easier out there. That's just that's just the way it is, guys. I'm sorry, it just is. The Pac-12 is not as good as the Southeastern Conference. It's not. No, no, I don't think anybody's saying it is. But, no, you're but not, no, you're not. I'm, I'm not. I'm not chastising you guys. Yeah. But, 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 but I mean, Lanning, Lanning has plenty of that SEC experience. He doesn't have necessarily the head coaching experience. But again. There's some risks there because you look at some that have been successful and some have not. Will Muschamp, great defensive coordinator, he's not been a very good head coach. And he's failed twice. He's failed failed twice. And everybody thought he was a can't-miss guy. Yeah. Kirby Smart had never been a head coach in his life. He had only been a defensive coordinator under under, uh, Nick Saban. He goes to Georgia, and in his first year – He's recruiting lights out, and now he may have surpassed Alabama as the team of the SEC. So back to my original question, guys. Do you think it's a Kiffin-Freeze situation now? I think Kiffin, Freeze, and for right now, Lanning are the names to watch. Well, I'm pulling for you. And Jeff Grimes. Jeff Grimes has not fallen out either. 
Are you doing that just to aggravate me? No, not at all. And look, I I like Jeff Grimes. I think Jeff Grimes would be a decent hire. I, he's just not the one that I want yeah. right now. If he wants to be a head coach, let him go to Southern Miss or Memphis or South Florida and learn. And then with it, come to Auburn. I don't want him here right now. Because I don't want a coach that's going to come in the press and say, we're going to run the ball, stop the run, play great defense, and be sound of the kicking game. And that's what he's going to do. And then, then three years from now, we're going to be staring at the Brian Horse. He, Arson, he, likes, he likes to air that sucker out. He is yeah. not a he is not a run-the-ball-play-great-defense type of guy, but he does like to run. Well, here, 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 his offense is pretty incredible. Here, here's my thing. This, this is what I want with the next coach, and that's why I don't, I'm not – with Jeff Grimes, because you're talking about, you know, Jeff Grimes coming, we're going to run this and that. Now, I need a coach that comes in here that players around the country are like, all right, I'm going to Auburn. I, I got to go. I want to go and play there. Yeah, Cause, I agree, Because you can X's and O's all you want to, but if you don't have the Jimmy, Jimmy's and Joe's on the field, then well, you're going to lose. That's the other thing. That's my other defense of Jeff Grimes. No, he is not Lane Kiffin or, or – uh, Deion Sanders from a recruiting standpoint, right. but very few people are. He's a darn good recruiter. Yeah. He is a very good recruiter. You know, I mean, go, go back and look at uh, some of his older classes, the the guys that he's responsible for. He's gotten a lot of big-name guys. I've talked to two former Auburn players, and they both said, Jeff Grimes, who? That That's the part that worries me the most. Jeff Grimes, who is he? Who is this guy? Yeah. And if, 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 if guys have played there are going to say, then what are, recruit, what are 17, 18-year-old recruits going to say? Well, probably they've never met him. When did those guys play at Auburn? Don't give don't give names or whatever. Just late nineties, early two thousands. Okay, Jeff Grimes wasn't at Auburn at the time. Well, he gets a lot Jeff of Grimes. The Jeff Grimes was an offensive lineman at. Jeff Grimes was an offensive line coach in the three and nine team, right? He was, but look that that offensive line led Auburn to a national championship the next year. He was not on no, staff, no, but they were his guys. No, they didn't. They went three and nine and they were replaced by Gus Malzahn, who went eleven and two, insert Nick Marshall. It was the same offensive line, though. It was the same offensive line, right. And that offensive line averaged over 300 rushing yards a game. You can't do that without a really, really great offensive line. Um, You can do that with a quarterback who fits the system. Terry, I'm begging you. I'm begging you. Go out and try to run the football with a bad offensive line. You can't do it. You cannot do it. That goes back to the old, what if a Barry Sanders could have ran around the Dallas Cowboy offensive line? Absolutely. He would have made 2,000 yards look normal. So, well, like I said, guys, I hope it's come down to a freeze kiffin thing. I don't know. We'll see. Take care, guys. Have a good day. Thank you so much for Thanks, the call, Terry. Terry. 334 887 locally, toll free 1-888-9-TIGER-9. That's how you get on the Auburn Bank phone line. I think, really, if you're looking at it realistically, the only, I think there's only like two guys that you can officially rule out of the coaching search, and that was some of the reporting that was done last week. Matt Rule is one of the guys that is kind of like, kind of pushed to the outskirts so right. he's not really like and there was another name i can't remember who it was that i saw the reporting on last week that's kind of been pushed through Char- charles kelly is yeah, a name that i've seen dropped mostly because people don't expect it to drop that far and so yeah. the, there's still it seems like they're still wide open that when it comes to the coaching search it's lane kiffin hugh freeze is still in there Deion sanders still has interest and then you've had the jeff grimes name in there dan lanning as apparently there's been interest there as I've well heard dave aranda i mean just yeah, just dave skip aranda. over skip over jeff grimes completely and go to dave aranda and, and luke fickle that that name luke fickle's up. a name i've heard um who's the uh sunny dykes at tcu but yeah. right now his his team is five and a, or is uh number five in the country so i don't know if he'd want to leave that right now Coaching search is wide open. Auburn's interim head coach, Carnell Cadillac Williams, just wrapped up his weekly presser, his first week presser. Auburn getting set for Texas A&M in football. Auburn getting set for 
George Mason in basketball. We'll be back to talk more about this. Take more of your phone calls on the other side of this break. You're listening to Sports Call. Sports Call has been on the air since 1995. Want more Sports Call? Check us out online at sportscallauburn.com. If you do one thing right, that should be listening to the Sports Call podcast brought to you by Coca-Cola. If you ever miss Sports Call Live or you want to hear something again, make sure you go back and listen on our show. Listen to our show on demand wherever you get your podcast. Join Ice Cold Coca-Cola to go along with the hottest sports talk. Coca-Cola, taste the feeling. Of course, that podcast is found wherever you get podcasts, no matter what device you use. You should be able to find it, listen to it on demand. Today's version will be posted shortly after the show comes back or gets off the air today. I'm Brooks Childress, Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry in the studio with me, sitting in for J.J. Jackson today on his birthday. No long, he's uh, not here with us right now. We'll be back tomorrow for a new live edition of Sports Call on Tuesday. But for right now, we get set to go back to the Auburn Bank phone line, 334-887-341, locally, toll-free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Is how you get on the Auburn Bank phone line. We don't have a button for this guy, so I'm going to try to do my best, uh, my best Zeus. <clears throat> Chris from Valley joins us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Chris, how are you today? I love it, and I'm ready for my button, y'all. I'm I'm getting tired of calling in and not having my button. We're, we're in the works. We're working on it. I'm just saying. Two weeks ago, uh, two weeks ago, I called in and I said, uh, you know, I was looking forward to last weekend. Well, obviously, you know, now we've seen what Cadillac did. And, um, guys, I loved it Saturday night. Um, it, it finally felt like Auburn football. We lost the game, but I really don't care. It, it, the resiliency from the players from Auburn, I mean, that isn't even where I was going when I started talking about this. But I'm just so I'm so excited for, for what could be with the program in the next couple of years, depending on the next hire. Um, Saturday night was was such a good feel. I don't know how. I just tuned in to the to the show just a few minutes ago, so I don't know what your guys' thoughts was. But uh, I do want to go back to two weeks ago really quick because I I brought up you know Tennessee and Georgia. What if what if uh, Tennessee beat Georgia, and then I had brought up what if LSU beat uh, Alabama? And I remember somebody on the show telling me that the thoughts of Alabama getting beat by LSU just did not make sense, but. I just had to bring it up. I don't remember who it was, but somebody on the show told me they didn't think it was going to happen. Honestly, I, I don't remember saying that, but it might have been me. I know I said on Friday that I thought it was going to be a game that was close in the first half with Alabama pulling away. But yeah, Alabama was, I, I mean, kind of manhandled a little bit. I Well, and not entirely, but they did what they had to do. And man, I, I was really impressed with the way LSU played that game. Obviously, I was more focused on what Auburn was doing, but... Yeah, how about LSU? Uh, first in the SEC West right now, and they've got a legitimate shot at the playoffs. How about going for two? Going yeah. for two? Yeah. Well, that's oh. what Auburn should have done last year. Oh, 
<laughs> well, I was just talking to uh, I was just talking to Melody Shanker, which is John Samuel Shanker's mom, and we were talking about that. Um, yeah, it was it, it's crazy to, crazy to think about that. But no, guys, I'm just calling in um, about the head coaching um, search. So is Dion completely out? Because I'm hearing you guys saying, you know, we're down to Lane, we're Dan, we're we're down to Q. Like, is Dion completely out? Like, do we really think that this is not a possibility that that we're really not pushing, or we really just don't think he's coming? I. I, I don't know either way on that. Uh, it does seem like uh, a lot of the talk on him on social media has kind of cooled off a little bit, but uh, it feels like these things kind of go in cycles uh, as names just kind of come out there. Uh, but I, I don't think that I, I don't think Deion Sanders is one of those that's off the board. No. Uh, I think just the talk about it, the talk about him has just kind of cooled off a little bit. Yeah, the uh, the we were before the break. We went to I referenced a report to our friends over at two four seven had a report last week that the like I said the only names that have been ruled out is. Uh, ironically, Matt Rule is one of the names that's been ruled out, and then I think Brant, you said Charles Kelly was one of the guys that yeah. was pretty kind of been ruled out. But as of you know what what two four seven has been reporting, what on three has been reporting, our, our good friends over on the Auburn beat, you you've got legitimate interest from uh, Deion Sanders. You've got uh, Auburn is very interested in Lane Kiffin. There should there's apparently mutual interest between Auburn and Dan Lanning. There's still uh, the the questions there with Hugh Freeze, and especially that's going to grow a little bit more after him beating Arkansas this week, but. You know the thing you have there is he just signed a new an extension. I think it was what last week he signed his extension yeah. with Liberty, and so that's another hurdle that if you do bring, uh, if you do end up trying to get Hugh Freeze down to Auburn, that's another hurdle you got to clear because now you got to deal with that contract up there with his extension, and then of course Jeff Grind's name is still in the conversation there from Baylor, and I think there's a couple more names that were circulated, just like tertiary names that are right, right out there on the the edge, but. I, I, everybody that was that if you've seen a list with names on it pretty much everybody is at, still in the the mix except for a couple guys and like i said a couple guys from the reports that we've seen uh it's matt rule and charles kelly it looks like but obviously you know the 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 staff at auburn coach robert or not coach roberts president roberts and uh <laughs> co uh cohen are all you know they're, they're they've kept a lot of stuff under wraps you know you, nobody knew all brian harson was being fired last week until the the press release dropped in you know midday last monday you didn't know rich mcglynn was going to be named interim until the press release dropped whatever uh whenever that happened and so they've done a good job of keeping a lot of the uh a lot of their searching for different things around the athletic program t- tight to you know whoever they they know can keep a secret and so i wouldn't be shocked you know i'm everybody's got their sources and so things are going to get out but i wouldn't be shocked if we don't know for sure until the official word is given yeah so i want to talk about lane is it bad that i just don't want lane kiffin like a lot of people are head over heels but i'm a defensive guy and he is i don't know if he just does not value defense or defensive coordinator, but his defenses notoriously are terrible. I don't think so, he, I don't think he does not value defense because he he's made a big point and especially going to that Texas A and M week that he wanted to keep his defensive coordinator last year D J Durkin who did who went to um, Texas A and M and they they were starting to build a little bit of defense on that for for Ole Miss with with Durkin there but he left and was out you know he said he was quote outbid and so I, I don't think he's he's against defense 
But I don't. I when you get a good defensive coordinator, especially at Ole Miss, and this is what he's been. You know, he's complained about a little bit. There's just not the money to keep him there. But if you have a defensive-minded head coach, then it isn't going to matter. True. That's where I'm going. Okay. You. That's that's what I'm saying, guys. Look at Kirby. That's why I, I'm not mad. The defensive coordinator out of Oregon, I'm not mad about that. Um, Aranda, I'm not mad about that. I just. I'm sorry. Like, I know we've struggled on the offensive side. Like, notoriously, we've always been decent, except for the past few years. But from a defensive style, like, defense wins championships. Like, you guys look at the past 15 years. There's not just a strictly offensive-minded head coach that had a good defensive coordinator that, well, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong here, but Tizik was a defensive-minded coach. Yeah, Tizik was. Tupperville's yeah, defense. Defensive-minded coach. Uh, Dabo had Venables. Uh, I mean, guys, that's what I'm saying. I, I just think if we go Lane, yes, he can recruit. He can recruit offense. We can get the guys. But I, I just don't trust him on the defensive side of the ball. And I'm I, scoring 60 is great. But if you allow them to score 65, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So that's, that's my only concern with Lane, and then somebody on this program talked about Hugh having that scandal not being able to cover it up. Well, Lane Kiffin missed two bus rides, and if you miss two bus rides, you know, in Alabama, I kind of feel, I kind of feel like I don't know if you can run a program either. Just going back to whoever was talking about the scandal, I don't remember who that one was either. But yeah, I mean, that's uh, it. There, there's not a lot of, uh, you know, it, it. If you are looking at defensive coach, I don't think you necessarily have to have a defensive coach because, you know, you you look at, you know, Gus Malzahn was an offensive guy. He had toward the end of his uh, time at Auburn, he had Kevin Steele, who was a phenomenal defensive coordinator. If you yeah. can make the right defensive coordinator higher, yeah. that does like the whatever <laughs> your head coach is doesn't matter. But you also, I I do agree that getting a defensive coach. You've got Alabama, Nick Saban's a defensive coach. You've got Kirby Smart, the defensive coach. They're dominating you on the, on the defensive side of the ball, and they've made good hires on the offensive side over the past few years. I know a lot of Alabama fans would argue this year about Bill O'Brien's offensive uh, work there, but he is. You That's know, been it, a lot of fun to watch. It's still a, you know, they still have a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback on that offense. They still continue to put receivers in the NFL, they continue to put running backs in the NFL, they continue to have all star level offensive linemen. And it's just, you know, there's just something going on at, uh, at Alabama this year. I don't know what it quite it is. Uh, but if you make the right hire on whatever side of the ball you're not on, yeah. and you know that you don't have to worry about that, that's a big plus to anybody. But with with what you're saying, Chris, I would not hate a, a defensive coach. And I think that that's something, if, if you're looking to compete with the Nick Sabans and the Kirby Smarts like you do every single year, that could be a way to go. And I, I just think you've got to, th- in my opinion, with, with what Dion has done at Jackson State, like what he has done, I don't know if you can get him there because money's not going to be the incentive for Dion. I mean, that's that's known. Dion, Dion didn't go to Jackson State for money. So getting him to Auburn is not going to be, you're not going to get him there for money unless you're paying his assistant. But my thing is, is this, if Dion lands at Auburn, we flip guys off the bat. Like, yeah. it's not going to be a question. So he flipped the number one guy from Florida State to an HBCU, and now 
I'm not hating on HBCUs. They're historical universities. I want to say that right now. But it just doesn't happen. Like, it just doesn't. If he can do that at Jackson State, think about what he does for Auburn. And you saw Saturday night a coach that players want to play for will be resilient. They will have that resiliency, and they will play to the final blow. And that is what we need at Auburn night. And I, I think if you're if you're Auburn, you're you're full speed ahead for Dion. That that's my thought, and I'm gonna leave it at that, guys. I appreciate you guys, and love you guys. But uh, I'll call back next week. But that's just my take. I think I think if you're Auburn, you, you go full speed, especially after seeing what with Cat like Saturday night. Even with us losing the game, like you you saw something in Auburn that that you haven't seen all year, and I haven't seen in a couple of years, quite frankly. So in in my opinion, but. Anyways, guys, I appreciate you guys and uh, look forward to talking to you next week. Awesome. Thank you so much, Chris. That was Chris from Valley joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line, 334-887-341 locally, toll-free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We'll go back to the Auburn Bank phone line after this break. Tony from Tuskegee is holding on. Tony, we'll get to you right after this quick break. You'll listen to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. May we have your attention, please? Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Hi, my name is... What? My name is... My name is... Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. I'm Britt Bowen, voice of Auburn women's basketball and Auburn softball. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. The Sports Call Podcast can be found wherever you get your podcasts. Specifically, if you are a iPhone, iPad user, it can be found on Apple Podcasts. we got a link right now on our Twitter, at Sports Call AU, for you to find the Sports Call Podcast on the Apple Podcasts feed. Leave us a five-star rating, review, subscribe. Helps the numbers, helps other people out there that may not be Sports Call listeners find the show. A lot of Auburn fans continue to find the show. We continue to get more and more uh, followers. I saw we got a couple over the weekend. I was looking up Twitter at some point. So Very nice. Keep it coming. Keep sharing, liking, subscribing. We appreciate it. I'm Brooks Childress, joined by Brant Daughtry, Tom Peavy. On a Monday, we're sitting in for J.J. Jackson, who is getting ready to call Auburn basketball. Tonight, Auburn takes on George Mason. We'll get to the talking about that a little bit later. Right now, let's go back to the Auburn Make phone line at 334 334- 887-341 locally, toll-free, one 9 and it is... Tony from Tuskegee. Tony joins us from Tuskegee. Tony, how are you doing this afternoon? Fine, how about y'all? Doing great. Doing great. What's on your mind? Yeah, I, I, I see y'all still celebrating after uh, LSU victory. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if we're celebrating, because, you know, Auburn's still uh, not doing too hot, so I don't know if yeah. Auburn fans have a, have a place to celebrate, but, you know, it, it, it was a fun game in Baton Rouge Saturday night. Yeah, but... My whole my whole take from that game is that um, Bryce Young is playing hurt. I think he's playing hurt. Is that ball just not zipping? Uh-huh. He overthrowing um, 
he overthrowing a lot of players and and um and the defense hadn't really stopped anybody all year. Anytime Alabama put up thirty to forty points somewhere in the area, they normally win the game. Mm-hmm. And uh Pete Golden, he hadn't been consistent since he'd been there. Yeah, I think that's and, been a lot of people's uh, complaint. Is the is Pete Golden? He's he's been a lot of uh, Alabama fans' complaints the last couple years. Yeah, and if uh, Auburn don't hire Dion, I wish like whatever they'd hire Bill O'Brien. <laughs> oh, I think a lot of Alabama fans would be pretty happy if that happened. Yeah, but yeah, I, I got a chance to see a lot of good. Um, football is with just about everybody. I think I told y'all those guys was going to play for, they was going to put up a good fight for Cadillac. Yeah. And and um, people might want to say, I might look at it a different way. It's not just the players at Auburn. The players can play. It depends on who call. A lot of times it depends on who calling the shots. Yeah. And I and um, my thing is, you know, I'm not going to go into no color thing as to what happened or we need this or we need, you know, black coach or anything like that. But only what I will say, if Deion Sanders get to Auburn and get him a hell of a coaching staff around him, you know, I think nationwide it's going to hurt everybody in recruiting oh yeah i i, I don't think uh, when you look at um you know anybody if anybody whoever has you know issue with auburn going after dion i think the thing that everybody can agrees on is that he comes to auburn he is going to be able to get recruits here and i think it's what what you said tony if as long as he can put a good staff around him yeah that he could be he could be successful wherever he goes because he's going to be able to get recruits I would. I would keep Cadillac there. I think a lot of Auburn fans want to keep him around uh, before this weekend anyway, but after what they saw this weekend, I think everybody wants to keep Cadillac around. Yeah. And another thing, um, I won't mention any names, but I understand Auburn and Penn State recruiting a couple of kids from BTW in Tuskegee. They're having a pretty good year, aren't they? Yeah, I'm saying they recruit a uh, couple of kids. Yeah, from from uh, Tuskegee. I you know I won't call any names because I don't know what type of you know that would be. But I know it's two kids they recruit from um, Tuskegee. And uh, one other thing, I'm gonna be through. The university up there, they went into overtime. Every game that I watched went into overtime, and I've never seen. This many people in Tuskegee, since I've been circulating around here for a small HBCU, they have almost 40,000 people in the stadium and probably another 15 to 20 on the outside. Big homecoming weekend for Tuskegee. I saw, I was looking at a, at a ranking. I think they're what, they're top 10 in Division Two or Division Three right now, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, you know, and I'm going to let it go. But I only wish good luck for the program up at all because, you know, we all grown folks. You know, we cheer and support and talk trash. 
but it's it's those kids out there that's you know that's playing the game. Yeah. And you know, and that's what I look at for the best for them, regardless of who, what school, or who the best for them. Absolutely. To give them the best chance to be successful. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, anyway, thanks for taking my call. Absolutely, Tony. Call back. Oh, and... yeah. Oh, one other thing. Yeah, go ahead. I, I, I'll be at the game Saturday. You're going to be at the game Saturday? Texas A&M and uh, all the, you know, the tickets I got from the great station I'm communicating with. All right. Good deal. Ought to be a fun one. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, enjoy your time Saturday then, Terry. All right, thanks. We'll talk All to right, you later. Bro. That was Terry from Talladega joining us on the Auburn. Uh, Terry from that was Tony from Tuskegee I was, joining you, us on the Auburn Bank. You phone said line. goodbye, Terry, and I was thinking I, we've that was we talked to Terry a little bit ago. Yeah, it was Tony from. I was looking at the at the board. Is Tony from Tuskegee joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line? Tony, we hope that you are uh, are are ta- are have a great time. On Saturday, we're getting ready to wrap up our second hour. JJ just texted me. I'm losing it. I am losing it. I, I, two out. I, I don't sitting, need to be look. Sitting in the host it. chair yeah. is a lot more difficult than people think it is. Because sitting over here, we just got to talk, and we might have to look up stuff every now and then. You've got stuff flying at you from all angles in that chair. I don't need to be thrown into. Go back and listen to Friday's show. I hosted. I don't, I need to be given multiple days notice when I'm going to host. I don't need to be thrown <laughs> in on a. JJ texted us last night. Said Brooks is hosting tomorrow. I need to, I need at least 48 hours to get my thoughts together. Before I host, JJ's uh, reminding me Tony won those t- Texas A&M tickets yep. earlier this year from us here at Sports Call. So I had forgotten that, but Tony, yeah, that's, I actually got a chance to meet Tony. He's pretty ne- pretty neat dude. Absolutely, Tony's one. He's come up here several times, and we've talked. Got me to talk to him before. So, uh, hope he enjoys the game on Saturday. Hope everybody enjoys the game on Saturday. But Auburn, Texas A&M coming up on Saturday. It's it, it's going to be a fun environment. I, I know a lot of people. What Tony was talking about. He hopes that Auburn keeps Cadillac Williams around. I think after this sat this weekend, and we we've talked about it a little bit today. That everybody, a lot of Auburn fans, want to whoever the coach is to keep Cadillac Williams on staff. Yeah. Sure, there there's. There's a certain level of, I've said over and over, you don't have to be from here to win here. And that means Auburn, that means the South, that means the SEC. But there is something to be said for a guy like Cadillac Williams that knows Auburn and loves Auburn and wants to pour out his heart and soul for this school and understands what that takes. And whoever the next coach is, I I hope he keeps Cadillac on staff and I hope he lets Cadillac say, hey, here's what you need to do in regards to getting people to love you at Auburn. Yeah, uh, and getting kids to love you at Auburn, well, you know that that type of thing. It, I mean, any coach that takes over would be smart to keep somebody from the yeah from the I think the so. previous mm-hmm. staff, and especially somebody like Cadillac who is from the school. Uh, especially if you're an outsider, you know if you if it's a if it's a Deion Sanders, if it's a Lane Kiffin or a Hugh Freeze, you know, no connections to Auburn, never been to Auburn uh, outside of uh, either playing here or coaching against Auburn. It's always good to have. Uh, that guy that already has that relationship with the players. And so uh, you don't typically see just a full, clean house. Uh, yeah. They'll usually keep somebody around that is uh, kind of that middleman to help you get used to who the players are uh, because it's somebody that has already been there day in and day out with them. And Cadillac and, and uh, also Zach Etheridge. Uh, we've been talking about the excitement of Cadillac on the sideline, but Zach Etheridge, I mean, you really yeah. got to see him. He pulled his hammy. Pull a hammy running trying, down, running down the sideline. Yeah, running down the sideline with Cadillac trying to call a timeout, and he pulled a hammy. So, 
uh, you know, both of those guys are just Auburn through and through. And, and yeah, I hope either, whatever staff comes in here, uh, especially Carnell, uh, but I'd also really love Zach because, I mean, it's such a great story with Zach Etheridge and, and everything that he went through and to where he's at now. So You know, the other thing about it is it's like, it's not like those guys are just former Auburn players who are on staff. They're really good coaches. Well, sure. Cadillac Williams has proven himself to be a really good coach. Uh, Zach Etheridge, I think he's pretty good. People say he's pretty good. I, I have not seen him do it enough. I think Cadillac Williams has a pretty proven track record at this point. But Zach Etheridge, is, uh, he seems to be working out pretty well as well. When you looked at the last hiring cycle that Auburn went through for head football coach two years ago when they hired Brian Harson, two names that were thrown out for that they everyone was saying, you got to keep them. You got to keep them was Cadillac Williams and Travis Williams. Well, Both yeah. of those were the two names. Obviously, Auburn didn't keep Travis Williams. He's gone yeah. down, rejoined with Gus Malzahn at UCF. He's got a pretty good going. Who, look, uh, pretty whoever, good the head, whoever the next head coach at Auburn is, I'd be looking at Travis Williams as my D.C. He, he's got he's got a good de, uh, defense built down there. They're they're doing some really fun things. UCF ranked in the top twenty five, uh, along with Gus Malzahn's offense. That defense is looking fairly well. There's a lot of former Auburn players on that yeah. defensive staff too down there uh, below Travis Williams. And of course, Brian Harson did keep Cadillac on staff, <clears throat> and now Cadillac Williams is the head football coach of the Auburn Tigers on an interim basis. We'll see what his future at Auburn holds as we continue to go through this coaching search. Michael from Auburn is on the Auburn Bank phone line. We're about to hit our top of the hour break, so Michael, hold on just a couple minutes. We'll get you on at the top of the hour, but I want to remind everyone as we head to our top of the hour break, Sports Call is taking the show on the road Friday. Texas A&M game will be live at the Auburn Alumni Center. We'll keep telling you all week long. Come out and see us 3 to 6 p.m. on Friday, and that is going to wrap up our second hour of the program i'm going to try to compose myself i've gone off the rails i'm losing it a little bit i need some water or something or (laughs) an advil hydrate baby hydrate i gotta hydrate everybody else in here hydrate or dihydrate everybody else go hydrate we'll come back with a third hour sports call we'll talk auburn football and basketball college football everything and of course we'll also feature a best and worst of the weekend and nightly tv guide coming up after this break you're listening sports call tiger 95.9 Two hours of Sports Call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Final hour of Sports Call on a Monday starts right now. I'm Brooks Childress, joined in studio by Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry. I'm sitting in the host captain's chair for today's action. J.J. Jackson is off. I believe I've composed myself enough, but I'll tell you what, if you don't see me tomorrow, (laughs) 
Don't be shocked. Don't be shocked, one. And two, it may be because I won $1.9 billion. <laughs> if you're not aware, that's what the uh, Powerball lottery is. Well, well right hold now. on, Brooks. That's only like $1.2 billion after taxes. Yeah, all right, fine. Fine. <laughs> if I only win $1.2 billion because of the taxes, I'll show up to work tomorrow. <laughs> I'll be here bright and early. But it, it's, uh, yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> Tom, what would you do with one point nine billion? You won the Powerball tonight. What What do you first thing you're buying after you get that big old check? Oh, I'm becoming a big time booster at Auburn University. That's oh. the first thing I'm doing. Would you rename a building on Auburn's campus after your name? Nah, I would build a new building and slap my name on that sucker. Mm. I, you know, I'm honestly, I'm one of those. I'd be more frugal. Uh, Put it savings lame. account. Savings uh, account. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I'd, I'd buy something. I'd probably yeah. buy like a new truck. Yeah, I was going to say, buy, get splurge on something. Yeah. yeah. What, what's something? What is something that you really want that you'd buy? You could not spend. I, well, here's the thing. House. You, would you buy? A you would have a hard time spending 1.9 billion dollars. I oh, legitimately no, believe that. Yeah. It is tough to spend that much money. You wouldn't buy a top of the line bass boat. Maybe. I figured that's where that, I figured that's where you would have gone first. Is like, I got I'm, some other things I'd want to okay. do first. So okay, that would come later. Okay, but I, I would mean, also you've got the money. Yeah, so, <laughs> I'd be one of those invest to keep making the money, buy land and okay. Yeah, you're a smart guy. Well, I don't know. I I may want to just rename a building after myself. <laughs> I go on. I'd go pick out a building on campus. I may just you know say here here's all 1.9 billion to Auburn and right. say name the stadium after me. <laughs> tear this one down. Build up a new one. No, not even tear it down. Just name the name. They, they got to do something. Oh, I'm not saying tear down Jordan Hare Stadium. I just wish they would do do stuff to it. You know. Yeah. It's Childress, been the same way for a long time. Jordan Hare Childress Stadium has a good ring to it, don't you think? <laughs> I joke. I wouldn't actually do that. I'd probably be like Tom. I'd I'd put some. I'd put a lot of money in like savings and kind of kind of sit on it. For I'd a put while. like s- uh, several hundred million in my savings account, but then I still have over a billion dollars. What's an NFL team worth? <laughs> there you go. Now you're thinking. Now you're thinking. Uh, sports call rolls on on a Monday. We've had a lot of great uh great show so far. If you missed any of it, make sure you listen to the Sports Call podcast. I want to give a shout out before we go any further. Friday night. Friday night lights still going on bright around the area too. A lot and lot of big, uh, a lot of the uh, local high schools won their playoff games on Friday night. Uh, Central Phoenix City down the road beat Mary G. Montgomery on Friday night. They're going to play Dothan coming up this week in seven A. Auburn High Dothan's when, really good, aren't they? They're they were top ten in the state at one point. I don't know if they're they're they were still. Top I know 10 C- in the state. Central was number one for a long time. Yeah, uh, and I think Dothan took over that spot at some point. Dothan, uh, I don't know where they fi- – I think they finished third or fourth. I think probably finished fourth in the region behind Enterprise. Uh, but Auburn High beat a uh, 251 school, which uh, I was very neutral on because I am now an Auburn resident. So uh, <laughs> we know a lot of Auburn High supporters in the area. But the 251 Fairhope – I don't really – you know, Fairhope – Robert still played Fairhope a lot and always got beat by them. There was one game where we should have beat them and – the uh, the referees kind of kind of gypped us out of that one, so I still harbor hard feelings. So Auburn High beat Fairhope. They'll play Enterprise on Friday. Enterprise beat a two five one team and Baker. 
I mean, I get if I want to be honest, Central Phoenix also beat a two five one team. Mary G Montgomery was two five one team. Dothan beat a two five one team in Foley, but Foley is Robertsville's biggest rival, so I could care less that, uh, about that game. Uh, right here, Tiger ninety five point nine. If you were listening Friday night, the Beauregard Hornets beat Marbury. And now they set up a game in the 2-5-1 next week, or this coming Friday night, as they'll visit UMS Wright, Bulldogs down there in Mobile. Should be a fun game. We'll have all will the coverage. Will you be attending this one? There's rumors that I will be on, on the road to the 2-5-1. Okay. Um, there, there's rumors out there, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, but Bar- Beauregard took down Marbury. They'll take on UMS Wright. UMS Wright beat Headland on Friday night. Uh, our friends over in Tallahassee, they beat Selma over the week, or on Friday night. They'll take on Charles Henderson from down in Troy. I know we got a, tr- a few Troy listeners that uh, we, we still, list, uh, still listen to us. So shout out to Charles Henderson getting a win down there. Dadeville, they've had a really good year just nor- uh, north of where we are. They beat Southside on Friday night. Realtown beat Thorsby. Uh, so shout out to them as well, continuing to move on. Uh, Lochapoca had a big comeback win. They they beat yep. Keith on Friday night. Had to come back and win that one. Yeah. Chambers Academy got a big win over Escambia Academy down there. Uh, it was a home game for Chambers Academy, but Escambia County Academy came up from uh, South Alabama. And the only team that, that unfortunately lost in the area the Friday night was Lynette. Lost to BB uh, Comer out of Silicaga. So their season comes to an end at uh, five, five and six on the air, but they played some really good football up there in Lynette all year. They should be proud of what they were able to accomplish, got to the playoffs, and so we can't wait to see Lynette back on the football field next week, but a lot of two, or a lot of two, five, one, a lot of area teams around here continuing their playoff run. They'll be all back in action this Friday night. I think Lee Scott Academy gets back in action for playoff this Friday night as well. Uh, and so a lot of a lot of big t- games going on Friday night around the area. Make sure you get out and support your local high schools in the area. I know uh, there's I, I have a feeling that I have not gotten confirmation from, uh, from our Beauregard uh, contingency, but I've heard that there's going to be a large convoy headed down to Mobile Friday night for Beauregard versus oh, UMS, okay, right? Okay. That big one. Load the buses, baby. Uh, they've, they've already sent out gas up the cars on the graphic earlier today. <laughs> so big week of high school football continues on as the playoffs roll on to the second round. And we keep moving toward the Super 7, which is here. Here in Auburn. Yeah. In Auburn this year. Finally rotated back around after you get back on that three. You're on the three-year rotation now between Auburn, Alabama, and UAB. And so you get them back here in Auburn this year. And I'll tell you what, the last time Beauregard, we, we do cover them, the last time they won the championship, it was in Auburn. Okay. And so, who there knows? Can lightning strike twice? We're hoping so. But you can listen to that game Friday night at 6.30 right here on Tiger 95.9. Let's go ahead and hit our first break of the hour. When we come back after this, we'll go around the world of college football over the weekend. Maybe we'll touch on some NFL, but we'll specifically look at the SEC, a wild weekend in the SEC. Potentially the East and West have been locked up, but there's still a couple weeks to play. We'll talk about all that right after this. Want to join our conversation? Tweet us your thoughts on Twitter at SportsCallAU. Follow SportsCall on Twitter at SportsCallAU. Like us on Facebook at SportsCallAU. 
Sports Call podcast can be found wherever you get your podcasts. Specifically, it can be found on Stitcher, if that is your preferred method of listening to podcasts. Link, link to our show feed on Stitcher. It's available right now on our, on our Twitter page, at Sports Call AU. Click that. Take you right to it. I'm Brooks Childress, singing for J.J. Jackson, Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry join me on the show. We've been talking a lot of Auburn and Mississippi State. We've gotten doven into some... Uh, doven? Doven. Dove. Doved? We have dived. Dived. There's the past tense I was looking for. We tense. have been diving. We have been diving into Auburn's coaching search. Tom, you have a smirk on your face. What were you going to say? I'm just thinking of all the different words of that. Doven, diving. <laughs> Divin and end. Yeah. Well, we got there. Again... Did we? I'm. I'm right now. I'm just betting on the 1.9 billion on the on the Powerball tonight. And <laughs> this is not, the last show Brooks not, is ever going to yeah, be on. Not seeing tomorrow. I probably will come back. I'll miss you guys too much. Uh, three, three. Can four, I have some of your 1.9 billion? I'll give you like three up, three bucks. Oh, that, yeah, that's that, that three work. bucks more than I had. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Maybe I'll maybe I'll spread the wealth around. Maybe I'll you know, here. Have, spread the wealth around all you want. Just a, spread most of it to me. Have a casual million dollars. How about right. that? Pff, easy money. Bring it on. <laughs> Tom, would you like a casual million? Sure. All right. Three three four eight eight seven. About to say something that was going to make a lot of people mad, and I'm going to hold on to you it get, instead. Right. Pull Oprah. You get a million. You, you get, get a million. You get a million. Yeah. <laughs> I saw a. Uh, there's a radio station somewhere in like New York that they went and bought a Powerball ticket with five number. You know, the five lines and numbers on it. So technically, about like five, and they put it on their their Twitter. And they said, if you like and retweet this, if any of these win, we're going to share it with the, the winnings with everybody that's done it. So, like, it's a radio station. This is their promotion. And it's like, you know what? Maybe. Might, might as well. Why not, man? And it's gotten up to, well, now it's up to over 2,000 retweets. When I, when I saw it, it was like 300 something. I'm like, I like the odds there. But now it's over 2,000 people. So, if that hits, it's going. I mean, 1.9 billion. That's still, you know. You can spread that around 2, a little bit. That's still a lot. Uh, but, yeah. So, uh, three three four eight eight seven thirty four one locally toll free one triple eight nine tiger nine is how you get on the Auburn Bank phone line. Uh, we will go there in just a moment, Brant. I want to get your thoughts really quickly on the Auburn basketball team as we head into tonight's game. Yeah, really excited. Um, you don't have the people in your front court that you did last year. The absolutely dominant guys, the guys that are potential dra- lottery draft picks, but you've got some real talent back there. And these guards are another year older. I'm, I'm really ex- interested in seeing how these guards have matured. Wendell Green Jr. was a guy who was either going to shoot it or he was going to drive it on a pick and roll. I, I want to see him do a little bit more this season. Uh, Katie Johnson's 20 pounds lighter. Hopefully that means that he can drive to the basket a little bit more. Uh, I'm excited to see Yoan Treor in an Auburn uniform uh, in games that matter. Um, Jalen Williams. Jalen Williams is another guy who's a year older, and Bruce said last year that the offense is going to run through him. I've been high on Jalen Williams for a while. I think he's a beast, and I think he's going to have a great year, and I, I'm excited for more Auburn basketball. Auburn ba- turn, turn yourself my, on. i got to turn my own mic on. Auburn basketball tips off in just under two hours. <laughs> Again, I'm betting on the $1.9 billion. <laughs> uh, Just under two hours from right now, Auburn basketball will be playing in Neville Arena as we get... Looks re- like the crowd's already lined up out the... Yeah. The, 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 the jungle already lined up uh, all the way down the concourse, so, so it's going to be a good crowd. Could be, should be a good crowd. There's still... Uh, we, me, me and Brant were talking, and Tom, you were part of the conversation during the break, uh, one of the breaks, that there's still tickets out there somewhere yep. that you can find, and there's not... You know, it, Auburn basketball is kind of a hard ticket to get, so there's a couple... You know, there's some affordable options out there, depending on what you... Uh, 
secondary market you're looking for. So if you're looking for the, going to the game tonight, check that out. Well, let's go back to the Auburn Bank phone line, 334-887-341 locally, toll-free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9 is how you get on that phone line. Let's head back to the phones, and we'll stick right here in Auburn, and it is... Michael from Auburn. Michael, we teased it a little bit ago. He hung up, and now he called back, so we'll get him on right now. Michael, how are you doing right now? Hey, sorry about that. Uh, do y'all have any update on the right tackle? Is he done for the year with a blown knee or... Troxel? Yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's Austin, out for the year. Uh, yeah. His mom posted a, a thing on social media that he tore his ACL and MCL and having yeah. surgery, and he's done. Yeah, he's, he's uh, you know, it really sucks for that kid. He was such a highly rated guy. He actually was a teammate of Carrion Johnson's at Madison Academy, he was a four star rated tackle. Everybody in the country wanted him. Auburn ends up getting him. And I, I think I read he's had four major knee surgeries since he got on campus at Auburn. It's, and uh, yeah, he's, uh, he is unfortunately going to be done. Well, I, I knew we had moved some some guys around. I, I think I had read that we had recruited um, or gotten one offensive lineman in in the last two years, and we got eight seniors. So um, we we got to hit the transfer portal. Or I mean, you can get some five star guys, but I think we see that with Tank. If you don't have anybody blocking for him or, or able to create some, you know, some consistency of working together, because I think you know moving in and out with with TJ and you know. Uh, Robbie, I think that created some issues with the line as well of what the calls were and how they're going to roll out and protect. So I'm curious to how that plays out. But I do think uh, with Cadillac, I think uh, we kind of saw, you know, with the energy, but I think you kind of got a temperament of, you know, if they decided to go Dion uh, and what that may look like of, of having the first, you know, uh, you know, win Auburn. But we saw how people rallied around him, and I don't, I, I don't think – Anything in the fan base or anything in the, the, the normal people uh, calling, you know, going to a game that that really matters to them. I think which the boosters and maybe some some hangups there. But y'all did mention about keeping the staff. Uh, I, I do remember. I think the defensive coordinator a couple of years back, and that may have been uh, right when when Gus was leaving. But what didn't we have an interim that, that coached the defensive coordinator? Uh, that he coached the bowl game is that is that yeah, correct? That was uh, Kevin Steele. He was the defensive coordinator under Malzahn for his from, I think he got there in 2016. Yeah. And so, I know a lot of people were high on that and trying to get him to to come in as the coordinator or, or the head coach the next year. So you always run into that you know aspect of things that if Cadillac you know is, is favored amongst the team. Uh, and, and what the players are actually calling for. They may call for, for him to get a shot at the head coach. I don't know. But I'm just curious to how things turn out. And, and, you know, if Ole Miss wins this weekend, then, you know, I think that may take Kiffin's name off of it, depending on how deep they go. Uh, and, and so for the for the West, uh, just for tiebreaker rules, if Ole Miss wins and wins out, then they have the path, correct? But if they lose – um, what would happen for, for LSU to get in there? Do you know? I think right now, I think LSU has to – if both Ole Miss and LSU went out, I think LSU's got yeah, the tiebreaker because correct. they beat Ole Miss. Yeah. yeah, LSU only has one loss in the year, and that was their opener to FSU. Loss. All right, do they? they? They've lost to Florida State to open the season. Yeah, that's a, no, non, that's a non-conference loss. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. A couple of weeks ago, LSU beat Ole Miss, correct? Yes. Yes. But they lost to Tennessee as well. They did. Oh, okay. So, okay. I missed that one. Okay, but but yeah, they would still have have the tiebreaker, but they would they play what Texas A and M and Arkansas late in the year. Yes, 
Okay, but yeah, LSU should shouldn't have any issues unless they just something foreseen there. And then and, and you know, so what is, what do you think that leads for? You know, I, I, was, do you think there's any other chance that another SEC school gets into the, the national championship picture? I think right now, if you're looking at realistically, there is a still a chance for Tennessee to get into the yeah. playoff. There's a chance for Georgia, obviously, to get into the playoff. There's a chance for if Ole Miss gets into that championship game, there's a chance for them to get in the playoff, and there's a chance for LSU. I think everybody else, it's there. there's yeah. not really a chance. Maybe... If some, you know, it depends on how they what what the committee does tomorrow night, how they rank Alabama. But with that second loss, that's going to put them down a little bit more. But it just depends on how far down they get shoved because they already put LSU at number ten last week, and so that may not be as big of a dip as some people think it could be. They could, you know, they they don't play, but they don't play. They would not get to play in that conference championship game unless some other things happen. LSU loses, you know, twice to Arkansas and uh, Texas A and M and the Ole Miss loses to Alabama and then loses down the stretch. They may could back their way into it, but it would take a lot of different chips to fall in place. But I think the four main right now is Georgia, LSU, Tennessee, and Ole Miss. And then this weekend's going to go a long way in seeing if Ole Miss gets in too. It'll be interesting to see if the, the upset bug you know gets anybody like Michigan or Ohio yeah. State before they get to each other and how that plays out. All right, guys, I appreciate it. Absolutely, Michael. Thank you so much for giving us a call today. 334-887-341 locally, toll-free, 888-9-TIGER-9. So you get on that Auburn Bank phone line. Let's segue that into college football discussion because I wanted to go into uh, this hour, wanted to talk a little bit about the college football landscape after this weekend. Starting the SEC, uh, you had – what was you know deemed uh, by some the game of the century of the year because it seems like every single year you have a game of the century since that Alabama LSU game back in what 2011 was it uh, I think that was 12 uh, I can't remember it was either 11 or 12 one of those years back uh, about 10 years ago now but yeah. you had a game of the century almost every single year Tennessee and Georgia I was actually on hand for this one I got to go up there and I got to uh, experience Sanford Stadium in the in the confines of uh, the, the the general masses first time uh, this this is the first time that I've gotten to experiences as a neutral party. Okay. Because the other two times I went up there, I've been up there for an Auburn Georgia game. I guess. And that was the 2016 game where Auburn didn't have a first down in the second half of that one. And then the 2018 game, I was up there working uh, for Auburn Georgia. So this is the first time I've gotten to go up there as a neutral party and kind of you know take it all in and not care about what's. I, I no dog in the fight. I had no dog in the fight, even though there were two dogs on the field in the fight. <laughs> um, but Georgia. They were ranked number three by the playoff committee coming into this week, and they didn't play like it. They played like the number one plus team. Yeah. It, that, that felt very much like a, hey, kid, you're not there yet type of game yeah. for Tennessee. Right. And I think it just it goes to – and I think it was uh, – Which is interesting that it came from Georgia and not from Alabama. But see, I, I think it was uh, Brandon Marcello a couple weeks ago. We had, we had him on the program. We talked about Georgia kind of – you know, not looking like Georgia was last year. And he said, I, I believe it was Brandon Marcel. I, I may be misquoting it, but it may have been someone else. But he said, quote, Georgia was bored with their competition. Yeah. Yep, that was that and, was Marcelo. You know, they took that, they had that Oregon game, and they just flat ran over Oregon to start the year. And then they have have not had a big test until kind of last week with Florida was their biggest test up to that point. And then you hit Tennessee. And then you see what, what they did to Tennessee. 
And so at, that's, you know, like you said, Brand, it's the, hey, you're not quite there. You're, you're really good, and you beat Alabama, and you've beat some ranked teams on your schedule. But this is still, like, Georgia's built themselves up yeah. to a level that is just yeah. unmatched by They, they by want Alabama. to compete for championships for years to come. Yeah. The, the, thing that, the thing that really struck me in that one was uh, Georgia's secondary, which has called some grief about some of their play. And there was a lot of thoughts that Tennessee would really be able to do something yeah. against Georgia's secondary. Uh, they, they flat shut Tennessee's wideouts down. Uh, Hendon Hooker. Uh, time and time again, Hendon Hooker just could not find anybody to throw the ball to, and then he ended up ends up taking a sack and things like that. Um, so you just got to credit Georgia's defense; they they absolutely shut down Tennessee's offense. You look at the final score of twenty seven to thirteen, and it was not even that no. close. That that looks a lot closer yeah. than it really was. I mean, that game was very lopsided, and uh, yeah, I mean. 27 points by Georgia's offense is not anything to write home and brag about. It, it was enough, but their defense was just fantastic against the best offense in the nation. They just flat shut them down. But I don't know, I, y'all. I don't know if y'all noticed this when I, I'm sitting up there. It kind of looked like you know, like you said, 27 points is not you know sure. thing to write home about. But it kind of looked like their offense once they figured out, hey. They're, they can't do anything against our defense. They kind of went in that second half, went into coast mode. Right. A little bit. They didn't really try to go down and, you know, hit those big chunk plays and score. Because when you saw them go for those chunk plays, they were able to get them. And a, a, it was it was a it was a performance from from Georgia that we just we hadn't seen this year because of and I, I think it's because what we go back what I just said with uh with Brandon Marcello's quote, they were kind of bored. They were kind of <laughs> like, hey, this is you know, we we're better than these guys. And then this was the big test. You had game day on. You, you every all college football eyes were on two thirty on CBS. Yeah. And Georgia said, "Yeah, we're we got ranked number three. We're going to show you we should be number one when the next rankings come out." Yeah. I, I, I'm I'm ready to see. There's a lot of guys on Georgia's team. I'm ready to see go away. But I'm ready to see that Lad McConkey go away. Like it's such <laughs> he a really, he it's really such a cool story. It's such a cool story with him. But Jesus, hey, it's like where the hell did you come from? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just the most like yeah. unassuming skinny yeah. little white dude, and like, holy crap, dude, you're good. Yeah. He's he's among their their best. Honestly, it's so insane. Had a Thirty-seven watching, yard touchdown. Yeah, it's uh, so catch. insane to me watching uh watching Georgia's defense. Yeah. Kirby Kirby Smart has built that sucker up like a machine. Their defensive line is so good, and that was where the problem started for Tennessee. Tennessee wants to take those shots, right? That's what Tennessee's been doing. They've been hitting those big pass plays. Even if it's a screen, they've been able to to make people – their wide receivers are good enough to make people miss. Uh, but you loosen up that defense by taking those deep shots. Yeah. Tennessee didn't have time to take deep yeah. shots. That's the thing. You, you look at quarterback – you look at – Quarterback pressures. Def- Georgia was last in the SEC in sacks prior to this game, but they were first in pressures. And that tells you that teams want to get the ball out of the hands quickly when they play Georgia. Tennessee was not concerned with that. They said, we're going to protect Hendon Hooker. We're going to get the ball out of his hands. We're going to run our offense. We're not going to be scared of Georgia's defense. Well, now you see why people are scared of Georgia's defense. Georgia's defensive line is insane. Their ability to rally as a defense, their defensive pursuit is I, – I don't understand how they, they – you get six or seven guys on the ball every single time, and that's something that defensive coordinators have been preaching for forever 
and somehow Kirby Smart has been, has managed to make it happen consistently. Yeah. They Georgia only returned three starters. And that, that nuts. Defense. Yeah. That's just nuts. And, and that and now that was a defense that was and that was low. Had what first, seven uh, seven first, first rounders, yeah. six first rounders, yeah. something. They like lost that. that much, and they're still that good. Yeah. That just goes to show you the recruiting that Kirby Smart's and done. The recruiting there. and the coaching, man. Yeah. I mean, there he's really, really darn good. You never as with, a defensive coach with Alabama, and then now with Kirby and I hate Smart, him for it, but gotta with, give it to him with Alabama now with Kirby Smart. You never think about it as a rebuilding year. You just think of it as, hey, retool. Like yeah. we're going to step these next guys these are going to step up. Next man and up. There's a lot of you. You look at that defense from Saturday. There's some guys on there that probably going to be first round talents this year too, and in the years to come. There, it's just, it is insane what they've done. The other game I want to touch on before we hit our break and get to our best and worst of the weekend is that we we've kind of danced around it a little bit. But number six Alabama visited number ten LSU. Brian Kelly's. First win over Nick Saban as a head coach. They've gone up against each other a couple times when he was at Notre Dame. Nick Saban has always had his number. And now, this year, LSU, I don't know. I don't, I'm don't. i not going to say LSU's got the same level of talent as Alabama because I don't think they no. do right now. No. But I think LSU's got better talent right now than he's typically had at Notre Dame because you, and you see what he's been able to do with it this year. He started out a little rough. People started to doubt him, and now he's built it up, and he just knocked off Alabama over the weekend. I, I'll be totally honest. Auburn and Alabama were playing at the same time, and my focus was on Auburn. I had uh, I had the Alabama game pulled up on my laptop next to me, but I was 90% focused on the Auburn game. It, good for LSU, man. I, I called Brian Kelly wrong, huh? I did not think he was going to have success in the SEC. I did not think he was built for this. Um, and now he's got some real scalps, man. He he's got the team looking good, and he's got a quarterback that I was unimpressed with uh, during his during um, Jaden Daniels' time at uh, what was it Arizona State yeah. is where he was from. I was unimpressed with him in the Pac-12, and now he's coming to the SEC and lit it up. And Brian Kelly has done a very similar thing coming from Notre Dame to LSU and. Man, they they look impressive. I don't know. They control their own destiny in the SEC West. Uh, if they went out there in the championship game, and you touched on it a minute ago, they're a two-loss team, but they've they've lost the right two games, I guess. Yeah. And they've lost them early enough in the season. If you win the SEC, you're going to be in the in the college football playoff. And you know, LSU, if they can continue to work that direction, they'll have earned it. That, that was a game. That was a game. You look at the final score, uh, thirty-two to thirty-one. It's like, you know, man, that was a you know little offensive thing there. No, that was a defensive game. Up, it was seven to six at yeah. half. Seven to six, LSU led at the half, and uh, the fourth quarter just got crazy. Uh, Alabama scored fifteen to LSU's ten, and then it goes into overtime, and uh, LSU gets the OT win. But uh, yeah, man, Alabama loses and. They could really be staring at two losses in a row because uh, they play an at Ole Miss this weekend. I mean, you could actually see the Crimson Tide lose two in a row, and I can't remember the last time that's happened. Georgia on a track to play in Atlanta. LSU on a track to play in Atlanta. Will they both get there? We'll see how the rest of the season plays out. Best and worst of the weekend coming up right after this. Looking for another way to listen to our show? Be sure to download the Tiger Communications app and listen to Sports Call wherever you go. 
I'm Trevon Reed, former Auburn Tiger football player and national champion. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Sports Call on a Monday rolls on. Just a few more minutes here. We'll have a quick best and worst of the weekend. Quick break and then Natalie TV guy coming up. So let's go ahead and uh, let's let's get right into it, shall we? we? We've spent a lot of time talking to some of our great callers today. So let's get to our best and worst of the weekend. Now time for the best. Woohoo! And worst. No! 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 Of the weekend. Let's start with Brant. Best and worst of the weekend. I don't have one of these for either. I was hoping you were going to go with Tom so I could do some research for a oh, second. Oh, man. All right, fine. Tom, uh, best and worst of the weekend. Uh, Brent Thorson's punt for Georgia against Tennessee. The, the 75-yard punt? Yeah, that, that was pretty crazy, yeah. That was nuts. It uh, was just... Yeah, I mean, you couldn't, you couldn't have done it any better no. than that. 75-yard um, punt... Kicks to the sideline and literally rolls out of bounds at the corner of the end zone. I mean, that, that's just, I mean, perfect. The the absolute perfect punt. And, uh, yeah, that, that's, that was just, that was cool to watch. There was a, a long punt in one of the NFL games yesterday that went, like, not quite 75 yards, but it, it got down there. I don't remember which game it was that I was watching it. I feel like it may have been the Buccaneers game yesterday. Uh, there was a long um, punt. I don't remember. Not sure. But yeah, but, that was that was a one just you know beautiful, beautiful punt, yeah. mastery of just p- placing it where it needed to hit and roll out of bounds, and it it kicked and just kept rolling. And you're like, oh, that's going to hit the pylon. That's going to go into the end zone. Right. It just it didn't. It just kept on going out of bounds. Uh, they're they're calling it the punt of the year. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. Oh. Hard to think of a better one. So that yeah. was your best. What's your worst of the weekend? Oh man, ah. Uh, you know, I, I there's a few things I could choose from, but I I think I'm going to go with um, Aaron Rodgers' performance against the uh, the Lions. Yeah, that was not a uh, not positive. No, and there, yeah, that was Packers are not very good. Aiden Hutchinson intercepted one of his passes, didn't he? He did in the end zone. Yeah, they both, both of his picks were like right there in the red zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my best and worst of the weekend is going to be uh, both related to my beloved Atlanta Falcons. Okay. Um, my best of the weekend is going to be Cordero Patterson taking a man's soul uh, on a touchdown run. It was as old school running back running over a linebacker as you can get. Um, I can't remember the linebacker's name, but Cordero just kind of, you know, put the shoulder in the right spot and the guy just kind of bounced off of him and it definitely hyped me up a little bit uh that was it was ronnie brown at tennessee-esque honestly it was a similar type of get off of me touchdown uh my worst is going to be from later in that game when daquan graham uh Uh. (laughs) picked up the football he's a defensive tackle the running back fumbled daquan graham picked up the football was running it back um, this was with seconds left in the game. The Chargers were in field goal range to kick the game winner. Uh, fumble. Daquan Graham picks it up. He's running back down the sidelines and about midfield. He just drops it. Mm-hmm. He just dropped the football. Nobody touched him. He was there were people coming for him, and he like turned his head to look at the the, the offensive players approaching to tackle him, and the ball left his hand 
and sat on the ground. And then the Chargers recovered it, ended up having enough time to go and get back in a field goal range, which, which again, was like 30 seconds. Um, and then the, the Chargers won the game. And Daquan Graham, no hate to Daquan Graham. Um, I got very, very mad and said things I shouldn't have said. But Daquan Graham is a good defensive tackle. He's a perfectly okay professional football player. Uh, I, I'm glad that he's an Atlanta Falcon because there are a lot of worse defensive tackles that play in the league. But my God, man, hold on to the ball. Best and worst of the weekend. It is better to have died as a young boy than to fumble this football. Best and worst of the weekend from Brant. My best and worst of the weekend come from the same area. I'm going to start with my worst of the weekend, Atlanta traffic. That's just it. Atlanta traffic, mm. just the worst. I, just, I don't recommend it at all. That ever, is uh, ever. Well, that's not worst of the weekend. That's just the worst of any time. Any time you go up there, yeah. And that's, that, uh, driving driving in downtown Atlanta will make a man out of you. I experienced it over the weekend, so it's my worst of this past weekend. I've done it twice. Uh, my best of the weekend was getting to experience that environment up there in Athens. First off, if you've never made the trek up to Athens, I highly recommend it. Beautiful city. Uh, the classic city up there. It's just, it's so beautiful, especially in the fall where all the leaves are changing up there. Ooh, so pretty. And then I've, I don't think I've ever been in that many, that, that massive humanity after that game. It is just nobody left that stadium, even though Georgia was, uh, you know, in control of that game from pretty early on. There was so, the Tennessee fans didn't even leave. They stuck around too. Even it started to pour, the crowd got louder. It was such a fun environment up there. I'll be biased. It, it still wasn't as good as Jordan-Hare Stadium. Nothing is. Sorry, Georgia fans, but it was... It's wrought it was, iron hell. That that was a fun, fun environment to be up there. Wish the game was a little bit more close, a little bit lived up more to the billing, but fun environment. So that's my best and worst of the weekend. That was our best and worst of the weekends. Let's hit our next quick break. When we come back, we wrap up the show with the Nightly TV Guide right after this. Want to know how easy it is to listen to our show? All you have to do with your Amazon smart device is say, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn. Now, back to more Sports Call with J.J. Jackson and the guys. Wrapping up a sports call on Monday, I'm Brooks Childress. J.J. Jackson will be back in studio tomorrow, should be back in studio tomorrow, taking my place. As I've said for this last hour, maybe I'll be here, maybe I won't. $1.9 billion's on the line tonight. <laughs> I actually need to look up when that drawing is, see when uh, when I know I can uh, I want to say in. it's 7, seven Eastern? 7 Eastern, so like right after we get off the air. Yeah. 30 minutes after we get off the air. Auburn basketball coverage starts over on our sister station, FM Talk 93.9. Andy Bertram, Brad Law, Sonny Smith on the call. Auburn basketball tips off the regular season against George Mason. Big game tonight. They'll have another game this week later on Friday night. They'll take on USF in Neville Arena. It's at 11 p.m. Eastern time. Is the Powerball drawing tonight? Mm-hmm. All right, 10 o'clock. Set your, set your watches. Brooks will no longer be uh, able to be reached <laughs> unless you have a private phone number. Uh, but yeah, thank you for uh, tuning in, everybody. Let's uh, wrap up the show with our nightly TV guide. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's nightly TV guide. 
Nightly TV Guide brought to you by our friends over at White Claw Hard Seltzer. Stop by any one of your local TK's convenience stores today and pick up a variety pack. I enjoy a good variety pack of uh, <laughs> White Claw Hard Seltzers. Makes, uh, you know, it it's, gives you a little, little uh, I get variety, I guess. Uh, but yeah, stop by TK's today and pick those up. Proud sponsors of the TV Guide is White Claw Hard Seltzers. On TV tonight, your movie picks for the evening. We're going to give you three. 6.35 on FXM, The Greatest Showman, starring Hugh Jackman. Good one. Never seen it. Good movie. Uh, I'm, I'm not a, I was not as big a musical fan growing up, but this one was this one's pretty good. Uh, 7 o'clock on FX, your Marvel Cinematic Universe fix of the evening is Iron Man 2, starring, starring Robert Downey Jr., Fun, fun movie. Good one. And then at 7 o'clock on TMC, I just went and saw the live action play of this a couple weeks ago. Legally Blonde is on tonight at 7 on TMC. Nice. Uh, Reese Witherspoon stars. Let's check that out. Those are your movie picks for the evening. Your sports picks, there's a lot of them. Basketball tips off tonight. Back to back on ESPNU at 6 o'clock on ESPNU is Bethune Cookman visiting Iowa. Then at 8 o'clock is Eastern Illinois visiting Illinois. Uh, good good basketball there, I guess. I don't know. Big Ten. Uh, Monday Night Football tonight. The Baltimore Ravens take on the New Orleans Saints. I'm sure a lot of Falcons fans will be watching that one as the uh, the Saints battling in that division. It's that The NFC South is pretty wide open. It is, it is pretty it's, wide open. It's time to talk about relegation in American <laughs> sports because of the NFC South. Also tonight, the almost I think every single SEC school is in action tonight in basketball. Highlighted by Auburn at seven o'clock on SEC Network Plus. Also Alabama on the SEC Network Plus against Longwood. Your closest game of the evening by spread is on the SEC Network Plus tonight at seven o'clock. Memphis is a two and a half point favorite over Vanderbilt at Vanderbilt. So that's your closest game by point differential margin right now in the SEC. And of course. Every other college basketball team is in action tonight because it is tip-off of college basketball season. And that is a look at your nightly TV guide brought to you by our friends over at White Claw Hard Seltzer. I've been Brooks Childress. This has been Sports Call. I want to remind everybody, get out there and vote tomorrow. Tomorrow is election day. If you're registered to vote, get out there, make your voice heard. We will talk to you tomorrow after, you know, the day is done, 3 o'clock tomorrow. We'll be back. JJ will be back here. Tom, thank you for being here today. Absolutely. Be back Wednesday. Brant, thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me, sir. Thank you to everybody that tuned in, called in, listened online on the app or on our podcast. We'll see you tomorrow with another live edition of Sports Call.